0: Welcome to episode 450 and 3 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host Clark Little. Along with me as always is the man sitting across the table from me. No, he's not wearing a hat, but he is wearing a shark shirt. Russell John the Fisherman.
1: Yeah, what's up? How's everybody doing today? Y'all good? Yes. <laughs> I'm doing I'm
0: so mad. I'm just curious how you're feeling. I'm, I'm feeling fine. Right. I'm feeling a little... Hungry. I feel unsatisfied because I did not make the breakfast I wanted to make.
1: What did you want to make?
0: Pancakes. What did you make?
1: Nothing. (laughs) Yeah, that would be a bummer. Yeah, there we go. Well, it's going to be a fun day today, so I hope you're ready. Oh, boy. I know know you're worried immediately (laughs) when I say it's going to be fun.
0: Well, also joining me in that worry (laughs) is from Atlanta, Georgia. It's Randy Michael Statt.
2: That's me. I uh, I made a pretty good uh, breakfast sando today, if you want to hear about it. Oh, I certainly do. <laughs> we got two eggs on a brioche okay. hamburger bun and a okay. uh, turkey sausage, okay. some Swiss cheese. Pat, patty or Link? Patty or Link? Link, but I cut them like in half and like kind of, you know, spread it out amongst the uh radius. You butterflied
0: it, I understand.
2: Butterflied it, yeah. And then... Um, I was looking for a, a topping to put on it, some sort of sauce, and all I had that sounded okay was a uh, Chick Fil A sauce.
0: Interesting. What's that? So, you know, it's a ketchup little ketchup and uh, mayo.
2: Ketchup and mayo. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that the um... and then a uh, pickled red onions,
0: and then that's it. Oh, okay, you're touching on a lot of different things here. I'm feeling you were trying to do some like no cheese. Did you put cheese, uh, Mister Cheese? Swiss, Swiss. That's all I had. I don't really stock cheese in the house. This is Russell. You listen to these ingredients. He's all <laughs> over the place here. We're getting, we're getting a little like, um, like New Jersey. What do they call it? Uh, Taylor ham, or the you know, the bodega thing you're trying to do sure. over here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, and then also you, you know you're putting in the pickled red onion.
2: Hell you yeah. Know? Made them from scratch. They're good. You pickling your own onions over there in Georgia? (laughs) Yeah, dude. Look at this kid over here. Get some rice vinegar and some uh, salt and a bunch of sugar and melt that in a pot and pour it over the uh, thinly sliced red onion. Excellent.
0: I love it. Next thing you know, he's going to have a uh, kiddie pool out there with some uh, fermented cabbage making his own kimchi. (laughs) Ooh, a kiddie pool? I wish. That is how I was introduced to kimchi um as a 15 year old in Las Vegas Nevada volunteering at a Korean church uh that had bought a house in the neighborhood and used that as a church and they were fermenting um cabbage for us for kimchi in the back yard of this house church in Las Vegas Nevada in the 125 degree heat
2: nice. <laughs> it was excellent I don't think good. I found out about kimchi till my like mid to late twenties, so you were early. Well, see, that's the thing. I had kimchi
1: before I had a single avocado in my life. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, that is weird. Um, did you know? Oh, you should introduce her first before.
0: <laughs> and also joining us from behind the wall over there in the booth, <laughs> Oksana <laughs> Valerianovsachi.
3: Hi. I also didn't try kimchi until I was in my twenties. I mean. But both
0: – see, it's interesting because, like, both of you guys grew out – and all of you actually grew up in California. So, like, there's way more Asian influence. Like, I only did it because I was on a trip. Like, I don't think I would have – I, I would have been in the same boat. It was just yeah. fortuitous for me to experience that. Uh, but, like, there's way more Asian influence out here than certainly there is in Mississippi. So, I find that kind of surprising, but I get it. But the avocado thing – yeah, for sure. Like, you were inundated with it out here. Yeah. And, I mean, even now, I mean, now, obviously, it's, it's, it's much more available than it was wh- when I was growing up. Yeah. Like, I don't think I could have gotten, I mean, avocados probably would have been, ex- you know, considered exotic.
1: You know, not yeah. very
0: commonplace.
1: Yeah, we just got forced avocado toast when we dropped off Cliff at my parents. Oh, man. Yeah, it was pretty good. My dad, dude, he made the quickest eggs I've ever seen in in my whole time knowing him. Wow. Yeah, I know. I was very impressed because he was like, no, you can't leave. You got to have eggs. I'm like, dude, we ain't got that kind of time. Nobody slow cooks an <laughs> egg. Like he, sure. he flipped it quick, though.
0: I mean, I will say if you, I, I have been. Uh, it's gotten to the point where, like, it's not uncommon for me to spend 30 minutes scrambling an egg because I take so long of a process to do it. Because I, I I strain it, and that takes a while, and then you and then I put it basically in like a sauce pot, and uh, put the butter in there, and then slow cook it, and then it, you know, then it gets all curdy, and uh, then you yeah make it really really fluffy eggs. Yeah, I love a fluffy every egg. Night. cream. Well, creamy eggs. They're actually very creamy.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And then I put that on the toast. You put a little, put a little. Uh, <laughs> You know, oven-roasted peppers, oven-roasted tomatoes. Get the fuck out of here. What are we doing?
1: Now, I know you're hungry, but we can't I'm talk about hungry. food all day. It's <laughs> a great time. Because today is nautical-themed. I didn't oh, know if you knew that. Under the sea. We're going to the ocean. And uh, house, ocean's The ocean's chill, dude. The first thing I had to tell you, because Randy mentioned a kiddie pool. Did you know Oxana has been, <laughs> she's been bringing it up a lot. That she wanted to put a kiddie pool on the deck. Yeah, if we don't have a backyard. She wants to put a kiddie pool out there.
0: Yeah, we're gonna put some kimchi in there.
1: If that no, she <laughs> wants to put a little kid in there with the kimchi. <laughs> I mean, uh, can you ferment a kid?
0: Well, no, but his bacteria will help with the bacteria of the fermentation.
1: Oh, I'm into it now. I assume. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It seemed very white trash to me to put a, a kitty above ground kiddie pool. I, I don't know. On the deck.
3: Our wanna- neighbors have a kiddie pool on their balcony and a naked child hangs out in it all the time and waves to us.
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm going just, just to be very clear. Is it white trash? Yes. But has that ever stopped us before? No.
1: I Who cares? Mean, I get it.
0: I'm, I'm not a huge fan of water. It's a dog fight out here. I don't like... Fentanyl is killing this country. It's funny. Fentanyl, between the fentanyl and the AI, yeah. we're done. <laughs> Take the kiddie pool. (laughs) Take the kid. Take the kimchi. Have a good time. We'll see you next week. All right. He's pro kiddie pool. Yeah. Fuck it. All right. Well, I offer a trade. Oh, no. I turn it down. I decline. I vote for a kiddie pool if I can also get a cold plunge.
1: Where the fuck are you going to put a cold plunge?
0: Next to the kiddie pool. You can't
1: afford a cold plunge. $55 is here tomorrow. 55 (laughs) $55? What kind of doughboy ghetto kid? The, the one with the Chinese one. Is it collapsing? Is it a big like <laughs> cooler that you just? We fill looked with at water? it at this show. What? Weeks oh, ago. Oh, you're right. Yeah. We did. How big is that, mm. dude? Now that is that smaller might be, than this table? That's too much. Half of this table. A cold plunge and it, can we just double it up? Have the cold plunge kiddie pool. Yeah, we could probably Maybe extend the kiddie pool walls to make it a cold plunge? Well, or... I mean,
0: Cliff's not going to be chilling in there. No. <laughs> but
1: his muscles are going to be on point. Oh, man. Okay. There is a lot to talk about that isn't necessarily film related. Um, Our food? First, again, it was um, your birthday last week. This week, yesterday, actually, uh, was Terrell's birthday. Happy belated birthday to Terrell. Happy belated And if you, if you didn't see the new Blu-ray Tuesday with Terrell, he was sent a package. Oh, boy. A birthday gift from uh, Anon Anon. Anon Anon. Well, not, not the Anon there Anon, Murder, Death, Koreatown. A different anonymous person. Uh, that video is up there and it's hilarious. It, every time he screams opening that box, it scares me when I rewatch it. The thing is, another package came and it was for you, Mr. Clark Little. Huh? Yeah. So the, the three things you saw over here, yeah, these are all numbered gifts for you. So there's Clark number one. Now, I didn't know if you wanted to open these on the show, because there's, I mean, there's literally three different things. But I will tell you, I got semi-mirrored packages before, and they were movies. So don't, there's nothing that's going to shoot you or stab you or get you high. But there are three of these. What? I don't understand what's happening. It's fine. If you want, you could just open them. We don't have to wait for you or anything. No.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, I feel like we have to open them up. We have to give some, our listeners.
1: <laughs> yeah. So a lot of packages came. I so think. where did these come from? An anonymous so source. Terrell got an anonymous package. He got a package from a filmmaker with movies. This one is from a uh, listener, Rich. Richie! Yeah. Who is a uh, avid he's a good found man. footage fan.
0: He's He's my fellow watch
1: bro and, and what, watches. what Rich likes to do is go down to a swap meet and just buy anything that might be oh. in-world camera <laughs> so I have uh, like three stacks of movies that I'm going to be going through we'll have to come up with a segment whenever we cover a movie from him but we got a lot there okay
0: was this package number one
1: yeah and pa- I, have, I have no idea what's in it
0: uh we have four DVDs well three it looks like feature films oh these oh this is wonderful <laughs> Rich knows me. This is wonderful. Well, the first one, I'm not familiar. Um, This is a special collector's edition of Crazy White Boys Homegrown Degenerate Humor uh, with the parental advisory sticker. Oh, is that like a jackass ripoff? Yeah, I'll let you take a look at that. Oh, dude. Along with that, while Russell's going to research that, um, I also have The Program, which has been referenced on the show. Oh, yeah. Love The Program. Excellent with the great James Conn. Also, I am, I mean, it's th- everything is worth it for this one, dude. Billy Jack. Nope, don't know it. Oh, next week we're gonna talk okay. about Billy Jack. Um, there's a lot to uncover with Billy Jack. So, and then also, you remember this show? Two, Two a, a days on MTV. Hoover High. Hoover happened. High, dude. Wait,
1: when did that come out? Like 2003, 2004. I, I think I watched it as it oh, was yeah. airing, dude. That's tight. And I remember it took a very. It took a turn away from football into the dramatic in a way that I both loved and hated. Oh man! Here, do you want to open another one later? Here, let me just load you up. Oh, time. we're, good, we're
0: do... fucking, we're rock, we're rocking and rolling. All right, Randy, are you were you familiar with any of those things that I just mentioned?
2: I'm aware of the program, but I've never seen it. Billy Jack, do you know Billy it. Jack? No, sir.
0: Oh, dude! All right, I got to make y'all cool next week.
2: Well, I was thinking <laughs>
1: of like finally doing a thing where we all decide while recording a movie that we'll all watch we got a blu-ray in here for next week and i'm like i know we always talk about that shit and then when we're done recording we're like yeah we'll talk about it later and then we just don't but i'm like i would like to cover more is this from richard also yeah they all are oh excellent
0: we have a blu-ray from the maker of miami vice band of the hand
1: oh dude that looks that looks very genre forward
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs>
0: the next is a DVD. Cartoon banned from TV scandals, including Black Sambo.
1: Whoa. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to get Randy to watch this one, but. Oh, yeah. D- dude, Hitler's on this thing. Dude. Brutal Massacre, a comedy. Okay. and
0: Popcorn. I don't know this. Sledgehammer season one.
1: Sledgehammer. Excellent. Whoa huh. that, that looks very Clark. Are you putting those into the camera so Randy can see them? Here yeah, you are. Look at that fucking cover. Nothing is more Clark than that. Three boring ass people in front of an American flag. <laughs> <laughs> and here you got One right, more. Last
0: one. Oh, wait a minute. What? I know. I, I, I have a feeling.
1: What worries me that it's going to be a good night? What do you think it is? A, some lube.
0: I know exactly. It's some sort of watch-related situation. We have a G-Shock box. What's that mean? G-Shock. G-Shock is actually the the brand of the watch I'm currently wearing. Oh my god. As I said, Rich is a big watch. Guy. <laughs> I know he is. And We talk watches
4: all the time. Guess you watch will. your mouth, dude.
1: Oh, that could be your podcast. <laughs> got a G Shock uh, box inside the box. Oh my god! The anticipation, dude. I can't, can't take it. <laughs> Even if we had a camera, it wouldn't. We work. We got a G Shock. What is that like, Predator Camo Edition? Yeah. No, look at it. It's tight. I know. I know. It's just. It's clear. It instantly reminds me of Predator Camo.
0: As it would. It reminds me of Hollow Man.
2: <laughs>
1: you mean reminds Randy me of right Scientology?
2: Here. Oh, what the
1: fuck? going, going clear. clear, baby? I see what you did there. Yeah, this is literally
0: very similar to the watch that I'm currently wearing, and I love all the G-Shock.
2: But Richard,
0: thank you for rich. This is great.
1: Hell yeah, <laughs> showing Randy. All right. So gift giving is out. Although um, Oksana did receive a gift from God, when did we do the Kickstarter?
3: I think it was like 2018 or 19.
1: So, Dreams for Dead Cats, if you remember um, uh, Craig and Cassandra being on the show, was it five years ago? It was forever ago. Um, they kickstarted a new movie, The Nakin, about a. Uh, oh, yeah. The mermaid thing. Well, the gifts started coming out. I think the movie's pretty close to being done, too. But we opted in for a, I think, a message in a bottle. Look at man. The staying package? They're t- <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're very talented. There's a handwritten, like, parchment in here, a letter. Uh, I think in the letter, me and Oksana both die. So, oh, it's at least Cliff is there to uh, retain it. So. Keep an eye out if y'all did that Kickstarter, which you should have, because they make hand everything they do is handmade, and it's fantastic. Every little thing they do is magic. Every little thing they do is. So, you know, everything is coming up water, and um, unfortunately- It's coming up roses for me, dude. I think I may be cursed, because, you know, we were talking about a kiddie pool, and it's because my mom keeps pressuring me and Oksana to bring Cliff down to their pool and take him swimming. Yeah. And it's been so hot. Thankfully, the past couple of days it hasn't been. We've been all right. We we need to check ourselves. The rest of the country is boiling. <laughs> yeah. So
0: we <laughs> need to like we're doing okay.
1: Yeah, I'm. Tr- I'm not trying to have a Biden moment right here with Hawaii, but it, we're okay. And it was hot though, and me and Oksana gave in. We're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's jump in the pool with the baby. It'll be his first time ever. And we went down and we had a lovely evening. I um unfortunately. Had swimming trunks with pockets in them. And it's weird. It's like, why would you have pockets in these? What? Like, why? And it's like, well, it's easy. you know, you walk around, and put stuff in there. Like I did. Yeah. With my cell phone. Idiot. And yeah. then I was, I don't know. I was anxious. I'm like, is he going to like the water? I wanted him to be safe. So I jump in there. We're having a good time. And then I realized I did that thing where it's like you get a phantom text. And I went down like, oh, my, I have my fucking phone. I don't know how long I was already in the pool. I was marinated. Took, took it out, hit the power button, and it came on. I said, we're we're good. Ran over, put it on the, the side, and that was the last time it ever turned on. Except for about like 45 minutes later when my mom threw it in a uh, thing of rice, the screen went blue briefly, and that was the last time it ever emitted light. Now, what, we're like four days removed. I've done a whole bunch of shit to try and dry it out. And um, it will vibrate. So we're there. But I can't do anything else. I can't hook it up to a computer and pull everything off of it. But I know a lot of you are probably thinking I would immediately get a new phone yeah. if I lost it. And I, you know, the thing is, I kind of hate my phone. I hate looking at it all the time. I hate all the weird responsibility of, like, social media and promoting the shit we do. So I just kind of left it. <laughs> I'm like, you know, what? It'll, it'll figure itself out. But then I needed phone calls and we ended up fucking up something because I couldn't get, I wasn't getting any phone calls. So now I'm back on my old pixel. I'm connected again. But oddly enough, every movie I've watched since that happened has been water themed. So that's why this week we're water themed. Oh, very nice. I, and I didn't mean for it to happen until the very end. I kind of gave in, which is really what you have to do when you're dealing with the ocean. Just go with the flow.
0: I mean, you know, the, the, this entire story is the snake eats its tail.
1: Oh, explain, please. You know, it's cyclical,
0: you know, because you didn't plan to go into the water. You didn't plan to do this segment. You're just like, yeah. yep, this works.
1: I know. I kind of, I had to give in, man. Um, so I don't know if y'all have any water-related stories that you would like to share right now. I almost drowned one time. I think, I think I may have, now again, memory. Memory is imperfect. Cats, But I think I might have like, and you know what? Shout out to my cousin, Sean, who listens. You, you know, we need to collaborate and figure out this story because we were in a pool at our uncle's house and he flipped over in an inner tube and I got were they fermenting kimchi. I no, he, there was no kimchi in this pool. Yeah, it's a disappointment. But I remember everybody was worried that he may have drowned, and somehow I helped save him. But I also feel like I might have been the cause of him flipping over. Mm. So, Sean, I don't know. I hope you don't hold that against me. It's a, it's a cloudy what memory. If he does he might? I mean, he should. Sean, um, live your life. Because I, I remember my mom was so happy that she bought me an action figure. Well, back then it was I'll give you five dollars, which meant we're going to Toys R Us, and I got a Ninja Turtle. And I believe it was one that I already owned three times, too. That sounds bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, every, every action figure has a job to do. That's true. Everyone has an assignment. And sometimes you just need soldiers. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're copycats.
1: I did. All my Ninja Turtles dated Barbies, too. They were very... Uh, oh, yeah. They were batting above average for them. That's right. Although April and Neil's not were, bad looking. All mine were gay. 100%. Well, I heard the water does that to frogs. Okay. So, I mean... <laughs> Maybe turtles too. I learned that on January 6th. All right. Well, <laughs> you learned a lot that day. I did. Um, unless anybody else has something they want to add in that has to be nautical themed. Nothing? Okay. Then I used to wear nautical C-
2: I've been drinking less carbonated water recently. Oh, very nice. You just drink still. Uh, I've been having uh, some acid reflux, so I decided oh my to God. cut out sensor. <laughs>
1: Is that that really a side effect of carbonation? Yeah, it can be. So you're just raw dog in the tap now?
2: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I'll have like (laughs) one, like every couple of days or something, but I was drinking like, you know, two or three, like, uh, you know, cans of seltzer a day, a lot of days. (gasps) So Two or
1: three? I'd go through like eight
2: to 12 (laughs) a day for a while.
1: Now I backed off of it because I'm trying to treat it like it's a treat. So I'll have regular sure. water all day, and then I'll be like, you know, sun goes down, party time. Yeah, and get a little bubbly water, and I think it's it's been pretty effective. Um, I've also been trying to do less coffee.
2: I want fucking how's the how's the tap water in Atlanta? I've never been a person that can taste a difference in waters, so it's fine for me. Can you feel it? How's your shower going out there? What does that mean you've never been the person that can taste the difference I know. in waters? Have
1: you ever been to uh, fucking Modesto? <laughs> you, can t- you can smell I it. I have, many a time. And you couldn't tell the difference?
2: Not really. No, I have a uh, little filtration system through, like through, uh, through the fridge. Oh, they the, okay. That get the tap water from, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, dude, you can tell. That's one of the things I hate about vacationing. The one thing I like about this area is I feel like our tap is very good. We have great tap water. And so you know, you go out and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" Well,
0: yeah, no, you go down to like you know, Phoenix, and they got hard water. It's rough. Yeah, that's rough. How how is it back home? Well, it, it, uh, most people burn off well water, so it's what's good. that like? It's good. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Okay, and it could go either way. What if you have like a well, dead some, body? In
0: well, 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 I will say in certain areas, it's not good. Okay. Uh, my sister's, um, it's bad over there because it's pretty much coming in from like the river. Oh. And uh, it's, it's brown a lot of times. Oh,
1: dude. Actually, what movie did I talk about last week that had that problem? God, that movie came and went. It's the movie that you turned on and abandoned. The Trap. Oh, yeah. The, the uh the tank. the tank. Wow. You know, it's funny. Um uh, listener Sam reached out and was like, dude, the creature in that movie was great. He's like, I cannot remember a single other thing about that movie, but I remember I really liked that. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the movie. In a nutshell, period. The creature is cool if you can make it that far. I don't know if I made it. You didn't. You told me you got out forty minutes in. It didn't, make, it, didn't, it didn't make an appearance 40 minutes into the movie? No, thing. but it's very heavily on camera in the r- remainder of the movie. Well, that's, well, You, I'm not spending another $7. No, and you have the natural act to <laughs> abandon a movie right before it gets good. That is true. Um, it's uncanny. You do it all the time. I know. It's almost a good thing when you leave the room and we're watching something downstairs because we know it's about to take a turn. I know. Okay. Well, it's nautical themed. I hope you all remember that as we uh, adventure today through the oh. world of film. One more thing. I just wanted to say, uh, the watch that was given was a uh, Casio model.
0: What's that mean? It's a G Shock, the Casio. What they call. Is that good? Oh, it's great. It's one of the, It's I. I'd say it's uh, it's the best thing I okay, got. Go you're on. a
1: fucking dork. Okay. No, if you're gonna do watch <laughs> talk, you you and Rich team up and do as the time flies or something. Uh, Rich and
0: I would crush it on a watch uh, podcast.
1: Probably. Um, I highly recommend you start. I'm just saying, he, he, bring,
0: he brings the kibble, I bring the bits.
1: Oh, my God. Okay. Again, nautical theme, no more watches, although time is a little bit important. Actually, it's really not. <laughs> it's, just, it's not a theme that pairs well with water because I think time is out. How, is time, how does time not pair with water? We'll get into it. One oh. of the movies I'm talking about definitely um, leans in the time direction, but they're doing a little Spielberg shit there. Oh, boy. Actually, they literally have a clock on screen. That I was like, oh, I like that. TikTok. So maybe I'm completely wrong. Anyway, nautical themed. Remember, uh, David Lynch has been warned. So I'm warning you. Good morning. It's August 27, 2023. And it's a Sunday, day two of weekend projects. And the fun workboat is surging. Today, I'm enjoying the salty air on the dining deck. Where I will be ordering a coffee. Everyone. Have a great day. Whoa, dude, David got he got a little robotic there at the end, but the only instruction I gave him, it has to be nautical and short. Because Randy's got a hard out. And I've got a hard on. Oh, God. <laughs> Write it down. Mark the calendar. <laughs> um.
0: So David's on a boat. It sounds like it. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Has he ever done a,
0: a ocean movie? I don't. I don't think so. I,
1: he does not strike me as a man of the sea. I, <laughs> I would have been a fan of The Lighthouse if it were David Lynch, though. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I can admit that. Do you not think that there were some Lynchian? Yeah, but Lynchian and actually Lynch are very different. Lynch, I told you, is Lynchian it? is a bad term. It's like slow burn or AI's Lovecraftian. AI is going to copy Lynch, bro. Well, I mean, he's got a very defined style. I think they could.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know because you're fucking suck off AI guy. What does
1: that even mean? You love it. <laughs> I'm just <You> ready. Love <laughs> it. I'm ready for the robot overlords to take over. You go by you go by the picketers and you shoot paintballs
0: at them. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I think say. there's a
1: misunderstanding. It is gonna optimize so here's the problem. If you're kind of barely making it by, like if you're in a writing room but you're like the eighth writer on a TV show. Things aren't looking good for you. You still gotta eat. I I understand, but like pick up a shovel, I guess. I don't know. Start doing some hard work. If, <laughs> if they're a writer, they got writer hands. They don't have shovel hands, dude. That's
0: not how this works.
1: True. Yeah, but I don't know. It will it will um optimize the I don't know. There's no denying it. The robots are gonna take over. yeah, but we fucking control the robots. That's the problem. We gotta get some
0: legislation and we gotta get some people paid.
1: Well the robots are it's hot. these fat cats. Dude, tell me you didn't like that sriracha commercial we watched. Oh man, that was, that was tight. dude that that was Lynchian. Yeah, actually, it's it's not. It's too um abstract. Yeah, it's almost like Picassoian or something. Picassoian. Well, it's kind of like looking at humans from a non-human perspective. It's it's completely yeah, unique. It's called it.
0: Adult Swim.
1: Oh, and you know what? I know we haven't talked about it in a while, but the McKame- nautical nautical swim. <laughs> Good we job. Uh, the McKayme Manor shit yeah so uh reckless ben has been uploading still and the reason i thought of this was because it's it gets very complicated and it turns into a legal battle in episode four which i highly recommend people watch and um he makes a website and all of the art on there it looks good at first and then if you look you're like oh it's all ai generated and he's got some weird rat shit going on there terrell i recommend you do not check this out but there's like rats with like multiple legs did you notice that no yeah so in um i think it's org. if you go there the banner's him holding a rat and it's got like yeah it's got ai weirdness going on oh tight it's fan- i would wear a shirt to that when you were talking about rats it
0: reminded me of that uh clip we watched the other day where it, randy it was like um i don't know it was like TikTok, best of New York. Yeah, exactly. And it was uh, this dude asleep on the subway and a rat just crawls all over him. Yeah. Nice. Up his
1: leg, on his shoulder. Oh, He wakes up and is very chill. But he's out of it. He's <laughs>
0: like, oh, that's a fucking
1: rat. <laughs> <laughs> I would have woke up very differently. Oh, I would have... St- that rat. I would have flailed like a maniac. I'd lose all cognitive reason. <laughs> yeah, and and just... then I would have
0: jumped into the nearest fire. Yeah. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. What was that rat doing? It was just crawling all over him. Hey, man, that was probably a pizza rat. But there was no goal. He was just climbing. What do you mean there's no <laughs> – he's a fucking rat. Yeah, I know. He, I, If he would have chewed, I would have His understand. goal is to be a rat
0: until he's not a rat.
1: I think he knew the camera was in. That's the
0: goal was... of any animal is was... to be the animal until you're
1: not the animal. <laughs> oh, we're talking about reincarnation now? I'm just saying in general. What do you mean what's the goal? <laughs> what's the goal? What is he doing? <laughs> he's a fucking rat. <laughs> there's no goal. They're only motivated by goal, animal instinct. And he was just fucking chill. It's not a goal. It's just it's instinct. No, he was a YouTuber. He was pranking it. No, no, no. He's like, check it out. He they're, knew the camera was. They're there. built to achieve and rats are built to rat, dude. Although That's reincarnation a- is a very nautical theme. The ocean, rebirth. God, you keep teasing all of this like you had this vast knowledge of the ocean now because you walk fucking walking into a pool with yourself. About- <laughs> And now you're this fucking sage merman. I was reborn in that pool. I was given the freedom of no technology. See, I was getting too close to the AI overlords, and the water took it away from me. You've been baptized. Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, it's
0: interesting, you, you go. You didn't go that route. You could have went the full
1: religious route. No. Oh, and we were going to. Oh, you saw Sound of Freedom. Oh, my.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what did I did
1: time. I No, but I did watch an AI-generated video with you of uh, Sultans of Swing starring Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Man. And it was one of the most chill things I've ever watched. Well, I I liked the blue Eiffel
0: 65 of those two because (laughs) of the art that they did.
1: We watched a lot of videos of like Joe Biden and Donald Trump generated by AI getting along. And it was a very calming thing. Yeah, it was pretty I'm not fans of either one, but- I liked watching them get along, even though that may actually end the end of the world. That that would signal the end of the world. They were playing. They were dueling guitars. That one was particularly good. Yeah. All right. We started officially. Let's act like it. All right,
0: over there in Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> it's Randy yeah. Michael Stat.
2: Randy, how's your uh-huh. week? Uh, it's going all right. I uh, bought myself a new car, which we talked about pre-record. Hey, now you mean boat?
0: Oh yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> Correct, a yacht. Yeah, we call car boats now. It's a Honda yacht. Okay, uh, dude. Yeah. The uh, the old one was totaled and uh, rental was due back, so I made some moves and I uh, instead of buying oh. a used car,
0: Randy, how was saying goodbye to the Buick? I know you you enjoyed your time.
2: It was great. Happy to get rid of it. It's too big. <laughs> you had it for how long? Like two, three weeks? Probably almost three weeks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Jeez.
2: But uh, yeah, I'm I'm in a, another Civic, so uh, I bought one in 2013 and now one in 2023, and uh, I have a car payment again, which is uh, not fun. But the total per month, four twenty.
4: Oh. Baby,
2: <laughs> hell yeah, oh
0: boy. Now, Randy, I I, I want to poke around here and and try to understand your your car buying strategy here, because when I when I purchased the there car, wasn't I much have of any. Yeah. That was the thing. It's like, I, I did pretty much what I'm going to assume you did. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that if I do it again, I'm going to approach it differently because I, I don't know. I, when I got my car, I just wanted a car. That was the goal. And I know you were probably just going to stick with Honda, right? So, but did you just show up at the dealership and say, I want a Civic. I, I don't care. Just let's figure it out.
2: Pretty much. I had called before and I went to a dealership closer to my work just to like look at them, you know, just not that it really matters. They, you know, they look very similar. And, uh, I went to the dealership on Thursday, a different one, kind of closer to me and, uh, basically just went in. And then, uh, I was like, yeah, can I test drive one? And one, of just came off the truck and I test drove it and I was like, all right, we'll just get this one. So you didn't care about uh, color. Not really. I was kind of in the same boat. I was so over the process that I just wanted to get in a car and I'm not very picky about a lot of things. Uh, you know, so I was like, all right, this, you know, it's, it's a car will get me from A to B. So, and it's uh, new and, uh, hopefully it won't get in an accident and I'll actually drive it until it's end of life at like 300,000 miles, which was my plan with the last car. It sounds like
0: your plan for every car until <laughs> the sun boils the sea.
2: You know, I don't understand people that get new cars like every couple of years. I,
0: I'm oh, yeah, a fan of just
2: owning something and just paying it off and then just riding it till it's, till it's toast.
0: Yeah. My dad was that way. I grew up, we, uh, he would switch out cars like every year. He was, and yeah, then he crazy. got to where he would switch out my cars every year. I had a different car every year. I was in high school cause he kept switching them out. Huh. Yeah, because at first I had a 1990 F-150, which was my grandfather's, sold that. Then I got a fucking another truck, <laughs> sold that.
1: <laughs> and then I had a 4Runner for a decade. Hell yeah. So, I mean, it's still pretty cool. You didn't have to buy them, right? No. Yeah. No,
0: no. That, but it was just like, that was the thing. He, he's you know He
1: was a wheeler and dealer. Yeah. I had a Honda Civic that I had to change the radiator on three times. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Until I married up and got Oxana. On
0: the Civic. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> One time it's because I hydroplaned into the back of somebody else's car. Hydro, yeah. water, nautical. There we go. Did nice. you break? Did I? I did.
0: Well. through the whole
1: thing and I just came down, you know, over well, here. We got a lot it. of
0: hills. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Randy. Enjoy your new car. Will do, and you got a white car, Randy. So you got to keep that. You got to keep it clean, otherwise, people are gonna make fun of you for having a dirty white car.
2: That's fine. <laughs> All right, what you got? Uh, yes, I maybe I don't know a year ago or so I talked about um bad luck banging or Looney porn. Oh yeah, uh, directed by Radu Jude, and I uh, really enjoyed that movie uh, when it came out. I believe it's on Hulu, or it was. For a while, if anyone wants to check that one out, it's, uh, it's fun. Uh, but I hadn't ever checked out any of his other movies and I saw that, uh, his most recent film called Do Not Expect Too Much From The End Of The World just played Can this, uh, past year. So, uh, looking forward to that. The premise sounds, um, sort of farcical and funny, um, as well, but, uh, he's got like five or six other features that I hadn't seen before. Um, so I, I, did some, uh, research this weekend and watched a couple of them. Um, the one that I've probably enjoyed the most is also has a long title. It's called, I do not care if we go down in history as barbarians. Uh, it's definitely sort of, uh, like a dark comedy. Um, it sort of plays like a documentary, although it's not really a documentary. Uh, but essentially it is about this group, um, sort of like a, a theater group and the main director's name is Mariana, and she um, is staging a sort of like a play or like this theater piece um, outside in a very public square in Bucharest. And it's essentially about the Odessa massacre in 1941. And uh, you get the feeling or the idea that uh, many people in Romania um, sort of don't like this part of their history and they don't really want to talk about it. And so while she is you could tell that she got like some government funding um for the arts to, to do this but she has this guy that comes in um and sort of wants to sort of like censor her or have her vision sort of like altered a little bit and he's like yeah just don't go like so hard on the uh you know the the killing of uh of Jews and other uh ethnic people in the uh in the reenactment but she's like sort of insists that it's very stylized And, like, although it'll be sort of confrontational, it won't be, like, traumatic or anything. Um, So, essentially, the beginning of this movie takes place um, in and around uh, Bucharest National Military Museum. So, there is all these, like, tanks, um, other, like, military vehicles and, like, all these, um, you know, suits and, like, military outfits and stuff um, that they are, like, using for the sort of, like, stage performance um, or reenactment. Um, and essentially the movie is sort of just follows her trying to get these people together. She has like, there's like a ton of extras in this movie. There's like, I don't know, maybe like a hundred people like in this, uh, reenactment. Um, it, it feels a very big budget just due to like them getting permission, I guess, to film at this military museum. So there's like, like I so said, there's like tanks and stuff. Um, but it's sort of, a you get a lot of a lot of nuance, which I've liked with his movies. Um, sort of with conversations. So you could tell that she really wants to sort of um talk about this uh situation that happened. Like, like I said, Romania doesn't really like to uh talk about uh anymore because it's a uh, pretty, you know, not a lot of countries have, you know, violent past or things in the past that they don't want to talk about. But um, you have a lot of conversations. Um, with her and other people that are performing in the play that are kind of like explore different like ideas and sort of uh, opinions and sort of like whether she's going too hard or whatever with what she wants to depict. um so it's a it's a little long. It's like two twenty, but honestly, I didn't feel um it never felt boring to me. I thought it was like very uh interesting just to hear like all the sort of conversations. and like I said, it looks like a pretty big budget just from um. All the all the stuff that they have access to, and then and most of it's shot on 16 millimeter uh, film. And there's a lot of like very long shots. Like a lot of the conversations are like uncut, uh, unbroken. Like you know, 15 minute scenes at times. Uh, and the only time that it cuts from 16 millimeter is when they actually stage the performance. So it switches to digital. So it looks like something you'd be watching, like on a on TV. You know, it looks. It's very intentional, like the difference in sort of like the aesthetic uh, between the sixteen millimeter and the digital, and uh, the performance uh, or the reenactment of it is like also looks like they got a pretty big budget. They like set stuff on fire outside in this uh, big public square, and there's like a big crowd and everything. And um, I don't know, it's a uh, it's really good. It's sort of like I said, it is the play within the movie is confrontational, and the movie is also a little bit confrontational. There are not a lot of scenes. There's like maybe two scenes or pictures where you see them reviewing like newsreel footage of the Odessa massacre. Um, so if you don't want to see like some kind of actual violent stuff, you might not be a fan of this. Uh, so if you're like, you know, I know Clark doesn't like when Spike Lee uses real footage, um, of of stuff (laughs) in his movies. So maybe you wouldn't dig this. Uh, but I would say it's not too heavy handed, um, in the times that he does use it. But, uh, yeah, it's like I said. It's it's pretty funny at times. It's not as funny as a uh, bad luck banging uh, or loony porn, but um, yeah, this is this is very good too. I'm a I'm a fan of what uh, Rado Jude is doing.
1: So I had it pulled up, and I was looking at IMDb, and you might have heard Clark giggle over there. It's because the, the top of <laughs> the review. Was a <laughs> no, <laughs> no, there was not a boot, but good guess, Randy. So I thought of a, a, a fun thing. Oh, there's do. a butt in the IMDb picture. Sorry. There is a butt. Yeah, he did <laughs> not giggle at that. Um, and I, I thought it was funny that the top review was worded the way it was, but we always tell people this is where trolls go, right? So just to articulate this film, I think we should go to Letterboxd and I'll read part of the very lengthy number one review there, which is, well, man, that was unsettling to say the least. And knowing that it's not fiction and that there really exist people like this makes it much more horrifying. In many ways, we see the Second World War and the oppression and death of the Jews and others during the Odessa Massacre in 1941 by Romanian nationalists and racists. As we see the perpetration of this pretty large-scale and fantastically crafted dramatization of these events by people with few and no scruples and some cruelty, the performances, if it was entirely acted, are excellent. I'll leave it there. It's very lengthy. Now let's hop over. Thank you, David Robson. (laughs) To our our intellectual uh, brother over on um, IMDb. Clark, you want to read that one? Title, the
0: most boring movie I have ever seen. (laughs) One out of 10 stars. I saw many boring movies and I tolerated most of them. And I have never, and I have never put bad comments on them. But this is the most boring movie I have ever seen. Besides yeah. being boring, it is also vulgar. Many vulgar jokes and vulgar nudity scenes. Maybe this movie had a good idea, but it was implemented poorly. <laughs>
2: <No>.
1: <laughs>
0: this was helpful to 10 people and unhelpful to 41.
1: Now, here's the thing. Um, yeah. Good job mentioning their rating. I, I failed to do that. On um, Letterboxd, as is most of cinema's gods, when they judge a film, even when they think it's perfect, they refuse to give it a perfect score. So we only got a four and a half. But there were 121 likes there. So I just, I think that's a great pairing right there of the pendulum swing of the internet critics. Yeah. IMDb and Letterbox. So that's what he giggled at. <laughs> this, I love how that's the side. grammar, the grammar too is like starkly juxtaposed. Yeah. yeah. Dude, love it.
3: This guy only gives ones or tens. Who? This reviewer. Hey, on which one? IMDb? That's how you live
1: life, yep. brother. Okay. This year at least. <laughs> <laughs> even, you know, even... You're either it, freezing or you're burning. But here's an interesting thing. Comparing the two platforms. Now, in film review, whenever I talk to the um, modern Siskel and Eberts that love Letterbox, they always want to go out of 10. Which is, you know, if you're on Film Freeway when you review something, it's usually out of 10. Where IMDb takes the 10... But Letterboxd only has a five, which is usually for the lowbrow overlooked theater type. Yeah. Yeah, what, what's going on there?
2: That's weird, right? I don't know. I never thought of that. The only thing I, I, I think is weird is people that do f- out of four. Because five and ten is basically the same, you know? Yeah, four is weird. I used to do four.
0: <laughs> I used to do four. Because I would go no halfies. You commit <laughs> to a star. And
1: I don't know; it made sense to me. Now, is there no ha- star in a four star? One or four? Okay, because O to four would be five, and maybe a a more structured. I would, group. I would give, I would give. I don't. I
0: think I would give one. Everybody gets a one, okay? At least because Letterbox does do a
1: half. Why do they do a half? The half I get. No, the half is gratuitous. Give me. A, don't give me ten. <laughs> I love a half. The half is me. I like
0: the half. No, no you don't. Have no, you ever like given a half. half? Sure. Name a half movie. I've given a half to every girlfriend ever had. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> so, uh, no. What, what's the distinction between a one and a half?
0: You mean a half a star and one star? Yeah, one star and a half. Again, well, uh, again, I think that that question is depends on the nuances of the individual and how they're and how <laughs> they' score the no no, uh, no because I, a, a one a half and a one, like I don't care about that. a three and a three and a half or a three and a half and a four that's that's a bigger conversation. yeah
1: I could do it. Three and a half to me is like I'm not jazzed on this, movie. but like a half a star or one star. see, I had to make like a strict rule set. <laughs> And, you know, it's funny. Back when we used to do, um, like, get together and watch movies and we all had, like, rating cards that I gave people, Yeah, I put my guidelines on there and everybody immediately fought with me. And I'm like, okay, I you know, I learned. I can't implement my rule set onto other people. But, yeah, for a three and a half, three for me, you all know it's boring. I watched it. Technically, I don't really have any problems, but I'm not going to revisit it. I'll probably forget it. I won't recommend it unless it's more – more in tune with somebody else's liking. Three and a half, though? Yeah. That's, that's a wild card. It's like, man, I wasn't really jazzed on it, but I, I would probably give it another go if you showed up and were like, let's watch it. Three, I won't do that. Yeah, I'd be like, I can't watch that movie again. See, so you're pro half. But not half, not only half. That's just mean. Oh, yes, I agree. <laughs> okay, that's what I was talking That's why I said it was gratuitous. It's almost violent. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just need to structure your arguments better. Okay, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I get confused. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, between like yeah, between the zero and the one, just give the one, the half a star. Yes, I I'm with yeah. you there. A hundred percent
1: agree. I mean, the half star. Uh, I'm sorry, hundred percent. That agree. should live on IMDb. That is a half star platform. Yeah, I hate the ten. The tens. The ten is too much. If too much. somebody's like, oh, it's six and a half, I'm uh, like, what are you uh, saying? A seven point two. <laughs> get out of here. But again, if you do, like, if you jury for a film fest or something, you're probably doing that on Film Freeway, which is a 10, 10 rating. Yeah. Yeah, it's too much. I guess it is a little bit easier if you have 10 categories out of 10, then you can be like, oh, it's 100%. Well, that's the thing.
0: It's like, it, it can get overly convoluted with the grading system.
1: All right. Well, like, Randy, what do we even do it anymore. What would you rate this movie? Probably a Eight. solid four. all right well you're definitely a letterbox type of guy
2: hell yeah it's good (laughs) i i will say that he does in this movie and in bad luck banging and one of the other ones that i watched he does remind me kind of like uh the later like 60s and early 70s uh godard stuff like i don't know if you've ever seen two va bien no uh or la chinoise it kind of reminds me of those um so that's you yeah Some of his, like some of Godard's more political stuff, (laughs) (laughs) some of Godard's more political stuff uh, can get or like more like sort of essay film stuff can get kind of boring. But um, I don't know. I think he's doing it in a way that uh, is interesting and still like kind of comedic, too. So,
1: yeah, that's the thing about boring. It's like, well, if you're not into it, it's boring. Yeah. So if you're watching a movie that's a uh, historical essay brought to life via historical picture, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) I don't know how that IMDb dude ended up watching this movie. Maybe he saw the word barbarian and was like, I'm in. Yeah, for sure. Like, (laughs) yeah, what's that guy's deal? (laughs) I don't know.
0: I think I
3: know why. Why? Most of the things he's reviewed this year have to do with Russia or like
0: that part of the world.
1: That's Henry. the fun wild card. Right Interesting. Uh,
0: do you Politically a, motivated. Do you still have him pulled up? Yeah. I kind of wanted to know what the rest he was watching. Oh, my God. Black Sea. He's a big fan. Dude, I am. It's a great movie. That movie's good.
3: Godland. Heard of it? Songs for a Fox.
1: What did I the fox say? Oh, my God. <laughs> you got to watch the movie to find out.
3: V- uh The Lighthouse. I don't get that one. Give yeah.
0: that one a ten. Chernobyl. <laughs> oh my god! One oh, cool. in ten. You're right. Hey, see all eighty six ratings. Go kind of to that.
1: One. Oh my god! Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Heart of a dog. Burning.
0: Hell yeah, Steve Beverly Hills Dino Two One Zero. He gave it one star. <laughs>
1: Begotten, begotten, ten stars. Ten star. See this motherfucker. Ten stars for Begotten. One star for Nine Hundred Two and Unbelievable. Keep going. This is interesting. Okay. Oh, Randy, <laughs> eyes wide shut. One star. Okay, but wait. He also did Back. Birdemic, Shock and Terror. What, one oh, star. Damn it! Come on. We gotta let people guess <laughs> All right, That's true. Okay, Melancholia, Randy. What did he give it? One or a ten? I would give it a ten, but he probably gave it a one. He gave it a ten. Ten stars. Hell yeah. Dude, This is so
0: fucking dumb. Okay, Randy, full metal jacket, one or ten stars? One. One
4: star! star.
2: Oh, Randy, taxi driver. (laughs) Ten. He's an incel.
1: Ten stars! Dude, can't bullshit a bullshitter here. Okay, we got another one.
2: Blade Runner. One, he didn't get it. Ten Ten stars! stars. Uh Uh-oh. The Shining.
1: Ten. Ten. ten <laughs> okay, one more. We got to get off of this. All right, there should be a good one. Dude, somewhere. this motherfucker watches film and rates them like a movie. Uh, Schindler's, Schindler's
2: List. <laughs> got to be a ten, dude. One, one
4: star.
2: <laughs> <laughs> dude, he gave the Lion King one star.
0: <laughs> oh. All right, last one. Randy, good fellas.
2: Ooh, uh ten. One <laughs> star. Oh, there
1: we go. Okay. Last one. Oh, ten.
2: dude, we do we had some good ones here?
0: Titanic.
2: One. One, one. vertigo. One. Ten. Damn.
1: Psycho. I don't
2: know where this guy is
1: coming <laughs> I, from. I, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wrote a review on all of them. So if you want to go back, what's his name, Oksana?
3: Um, average guy, something.
1: <laughs> These are not average guy reviews, yeah. by the way.
0: Dude, this guy is a wild card.
3: Just a random guy,
1: forty-five. All right, keep scrolling. Inside. down. Damn it! All right, let me say, Moscow does not believe in tears. All right, keep. That's going. a fucking title. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Mm. A, lot of, a lot of lot of foreign the, language. The
3: mother and the whore.
1: Oh shit! Let me take a guess here. Ten. Yeah, I knew it because that movie's a banger. Oh, nice. Randy,
0: Nosferatu, 1922. One or ten? One's boring. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: he, did. he thought Nosferatu was a ten-star movie, but 10. he called that other one boring. <laughs> Metropolis, one or 10? ten? Ten. Ten. Ten star. This guy's a fucking weirdo. Okay, we're done. D- dude. This oh, guy. he did
0: Duel. Oh, uh, yes. Randy, one or ten for really Steven Spielberg.
1: No, uh Spielberg. Spielberg's duel. One. Ten. ten. Unpredictable. This Dude, guy. Randy, you're batting pretty good there for a minute. And then you <laughs> yeah. you really you lost your uh, sync with him. You fell out of the yeah. vibe. Begotten ten. Goodfellas one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nosferatu ten. What's unbelievable. Oh, this guy's wild.
1: Fuck. We gotta uh, I was contact like, him. I was like, yeah, email, please. <laughs> You know he's uh, he's unbearable though, politically motivated film snob who's all no, we probably know a lot of them out man, here. That's why he's man. definitely from the Bay Area. All
0: right, Randy. Sorry for that uh, sidetrack there. No, again, that, that was great.
2: <laughs> the uh, other thing I watched besides like three or four Radu Jude movies, I watched a new movie uh, called The Adults, uh, starring Michael Sarah, directed oh, no. and written by. Uh, Dustin Guy Defa, who is a New Yorker or New York filmmaker who's made a lot of indie low budget stuff. He did a movie that I think I talked about on here called Person to Person, which I remember or I thought I remembered enjoying like decently. But I looked at my Letterboxd review a while ago and I apparently I did not enjoy it as much as I thought I did.
0: Oh, Randy, false memories. Get you every
2: time. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I was excited for his new one called The Adults. Um, essentially, it is about uh, three people, essentially. So Michael Sarah um, decides to make a trip back home in like upstate-ish New York um, to visit his sisters, which he hasn't seen for a while. They have sort of a... What are we talking? We're talking top- Albany? We're talking Rochester? Buffalo? Uh, yeah, I think near Rochester-ish. I
0: could be wrong, but... Very nice. Enjoying a nice garbage plate. (laughs) New Windsor? Ooh, New Windsor. Hell yeah. No idea where that is. But thank you.
2: Me neither. But uh, yeah, essentially he goes up there and it seems like sort of a reluctant trip or he's like not excited to be there. He essentially like you hear him on a phone call with one of his sisters and he's like, oh, I'm going to go visit my friend tonight. So I can't like hang out tonight. Then he calls his friend and he's like, oh, I got to go hang out with my sister so I can't hang out tonight. Uh, which is kind of weird, so you're not really, like, sure what his deal is, Uh, but apparently he meets up with um, a person that he used to play a lot of sort of local poker games with, and apparently he's a very good poker player, so he gets sort of back into this uh, potential poker addiction Um, and stays in town a little bit longer, visits his sisters. Like I said, they have a complicated relationship and he, like, Every time he goes to visit them, he kind of like gives himself like a two hour like out, you know, and his sister's like, what's with this? Like, you haven't even seen us in three years. And now anytime you come to hang out, you say you got to leave in like two hours. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a small, you know, indie movie sort of like, I don't know, post mumblecore, like it's not super funny. It's not entirely drama either, but somewhere in between. Um. Yeah, like I said, with Person to Person, I thought I enjoyed it in hindsight, but apparently I didn't enjoy it that much. I watched another one of his movies recently on Criterion Channel because they are featuring a bunch of his movies. Um, And yeah, I don't know. I think I'm very, I think for me, his movies, speaking of ratings, are just like a solidly a three or three and a half. So I think that's kind of where this one sits too. Didn't, you know, didn't... uh, I did not enjoy my time watching it, but it's low stakes. Uh, the relationship like kind of, you know, has a little bit of a an arc to it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all right. Give it a, give it a shot. If you like sort of low budget uh, indie type of stuff. Three and a half. So it's not a poker movie. I mean, <laughs> sort of it like it gets a little into it. Like you see them play several games. Um, I will fucking Malkovich with good. Oreos. Oh my God. Is that's that what I thing? want, dude. <laughs> but you mean rounders, dog. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that Brian Koppelman?
1: Rounders? Shut the fuck up about that movie. I that's
2: remember there was a, a
1: good movie. I was in um, summer school taking my third year of algebra, and I remember a dude, he was a huge fucking dork. The kind that was confusing to see at summer school. It's like, what are you doing here? You should be, like, graduated already. But he was talking about rounders, and I remember he got into a fight with a former guest on the show, Kaja Ram over rounders. I believe it actually came to blows. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was uh, pretty good. Anyway, I'd like to test my theory now. Now, Randy, we—he's very clearly Play that man, his manny. Very clear, Letterbox guy, and you gave it three and a half, which most of Letterbox did too to the adults, and uh, the number one review on there is Ah, family. I, actually, I read that "ah" uh, wrong. I believe it's a uh, family, not "ah" uh, family. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish I had sisters. A very quiet movie, just Michael Sarah visiting his sisters and somehow dealing with life struggle and grief in a most real way. 51 likes It's the number one review. Now, I haven't looked at IMDb, but I have a feeling it will be a little bit different.
2: I should oh, also mention that uh, Hannah Gross and Sophia Lillis play his uh, sisters. They're both. Very good in this too.
1: <laughs> Breaking news. Okay. You want to go ahead and did, read the I IMDB? To,
2: I didn't want to only mention the straight white man in the movie. You know what I'm saying? a <laughs> boy. Don't worry. I got a lot of women coming up later as the sea loves yeah. a good matriarchy. Girls on film?
1: Girls on film. Two minutes later. <laughs> what? Do you want to read that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Title. Couldn't do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Four out of 10 stars. This is long. Uh, just editorialized. I made it halfway through. Not only is it a very slow slice of life film, the main character, Michael Cera's Eric, is so repellent, I just didn't want to spend any more time with him. He is inconsiderate, self-absorbed, cold, oblivious, and shallow. He blows off all these people who just made plans to spend time with him in his rare visit with barely a sorry. Both of the sisters are obviously suffering, and he doesn't even seem to notice, let alone care. He even scolds the one who adores him. At one point, he shows what really matters to him, and it's not anyone else, and <laughs> asks her why the other sister hates him. The short answer is that he is just a jerk. Beautiful. The real question is, why is there anyone in his life who actually tolerates him?
1: <laughs> wow. You know, you struck a nerve. There's a thing. She's got her brother who ignores the fuck out of her. Well, I think something was articulated and um, not just about the movie, but about reviews. And I think the problem I have with more academic kind of um, studies of film and interpretation is that they don't really dive in on shit that they don't deem is worthy. Like, a lot of the stuff we talk about here are movies that would never even, like, if Siskel and Ebert, they'd just be like, oh, it's grotesque, it's dumb, move on. Yeah. Where, like, they don't really entertain the themes or anything and look into it. Well, this guy on IMDb went into a character study and really articulated why he did not like this movie, and it was just the unlikable protagonist, which honestly is something that I'd like in film. So I actually found the IMDb one here more helpful than Letterboxd, although... They kind of gave it the same score, right? Three and a half and a four. They're like pretty close. They average out into a three. Right? That was a one. Yeah. Oh, he gave it a one? No, I thought the other one was a one. No, no. He gave it uh, the Randy score, three and a half okay. on Letterboxd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, weird. Um, Very consistent. I wonder if this would hold up with the films that me and you watch, though. I wonder if it would hold up in court. Yeah. <laughs> I did, you know, I did watch episode one of Juror. Is that the name of the show? Jury film? Duty. Jury Duty. Hell I yeah. bet you hated it. I was not into it because it felt very The Office to me. Yeah. You know, the diminishing returns. It is, but it is. And I, I agree. And I think, here's the problem. I think if there's a lot of two actors acting in a room removed from our one plant character, I'm going to fall out. Yeah. I'm not going to like that because I think it's too cute. But if it's a lot of actors reacting to a real person, I'm in all day. And I think the judge is fantastic. I completely buy that motherfucker as a judge. Yeah. And the way that they, I mean, I'm assuming most of you have seen that already. And, you know, in the opening, they do this thing where he's very nice and forgiving. And then the next day he comes back with an attitude adjustment. And it's just, it felt so real. And um, just kind of filming the mundane shit in life. There's something about that that I really, really like. Yeah. So I think now you told me you got to episode two and abandoned I it. I think so. It's got five days left on Prime. So I'm really thinking about making an Where's effort. it going to go? I don't know.
0: Oh. All right, breaking news. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll update everyone <laughs> next week. But See, that's how you tease a show, dude.
1: Oh, dude, you're, you're
0: so good at teasing. I'm, mar- I'm fucking Burt Kreischer of marketing over here. Yeah, here. I know. If
1: only you could deliver that. <laughs> we you got to deliver the O's, dude. And here's you the want thing. me we take my shirt off? <laughs> okay, I'm not against it. It would really go with the nautical theme. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing is, it is an in-world camera show, and I do believe it falls into the uh, the genre I'm trying to coin as gaslight cinema. Which I this dude is a dork though in jury duty. He's like a he feels like a fucking um Errol Morris character. Yeah. Like just like high on life for no reason, he's kind. He's perfect, and that's what I was saying. He's perfect yeah. for
0: that role. Okay. Also, I have a quick question: um, Are you are you setting the president to do TV reviews in the middle of? No, and I'm sorry, reviews? Randy. God, we really <laughs> we really fucked up wow, your fucking. whole thing.
1: I can't help it. You just inspired tangents, dude. And now, yeah. um, now it's uh, Clark's turn. All right, do it. Jury duty. How many stars? I don't know yet. In conclusion. The jury is
0: out. Oh, very nice. (laughs) (laughs) So, as as I've been saying for for multiple weeks, uh, football is nigh, football is nigh. Well, ladies and gentlemen, football is here, baby. We did it. Yesterday kicked off week zero of the NCAA collegiate season. Football. Uh, Yeah, very boring day. To be honest. I mean, you know, week zero kinda happens, but it was good it was good that football's back. Um, a couple interesting games, but uh, you know, that next week really kicks off the real deal, uh, where my golden eagles start to play. That that but now. In preface, uh in in preparation for football, I've been watching a lot of uh football documentaries as I've been talking about on the show. And uh I have been telling you uh for multiple weeks now about the upcoming documentary swamp kings as part of netflix's untold <laughs> series because i was very excited about swamp kings wasn't i russell you i talked were. about i talked about swamp kings a lot because it was going to be a four-part series talking about everything about the florida football team from urban Myers. Early days down there at the swamp when he took over in 2006. And Randy, guess what? The documentary came out, and it was a fucking flop.
2: I'm <laughs> more a Mar- Myers guy. Thank you so much.
0: Urban is a very strange name. And the, the other Pretty thing weird. is, like, everyone hates him. And so the, the thing is, is, like, this documentary came out, and it was 100% an Urban Meyer suck fest <laughs> and it was like we don't want that because we still want to hate Urban Meyer because he went to the NFL and won two games and was a fucking embarrassment and acted like a fucking little baby and all the team was talking about how like he's a fucking joke like he did not work in the NFL and he's a dick and he's quit two jobs because he says uh, medical concerns but he just was started to lose and didn't know what else to do so he just fucking quit and so it's like, but the thing is, he is an ultimate competitor. And he you know, assembled some of the greatest teams in, in college football history. And so the documentary kind of covers that as a whole. So they're doing what they do on the Untold series, is that there are, they're giving a spotlight to people who have been portrayed in a negative light. And Urban Meyer has been portrayed in a negative light. But the problem that people are having with this documentary is how it was mismarketed and missold is that it was whole marketed all about Aaron Hernandez and the Pouncey twins and all the weird shit that was happening on and all the violence and all the crime and yada, yada, And We thought we were going to get down in the mud. Ain't no mud. <laughs> you know, they talk about this and that, but it's more about, you know, uh, him disciplining the team. Now we do get some privileged moments and we get a lot of, um, previously unseen, uh, footage inside the locker room and the weight room and their training and all that shit. And that's fine. And that's cool. But you know, I haven't even finished it. Uh, I watched three episodes and Damn. I've got one more. So, I mean the whole thing's three hours and I've watched, you know, two. And
1: they, two, they, two so. I can't believe they didn't get muddy in the swamp, dude.
0: Yeah. It's just, um, it was just mismarketed. And I think that was the problem with it. Um, but uh I know a lot of people watched it. And um yeah, and I try to defend it because I really like that series and stuff, but like my I man, you you did what you haven't done with this series before. And like you've just you've you've put so much salt and water into this. Oh, that's like the ocean. The- <laughs> yes. They oceanized <laughs> the gators, dude. Gators are freshwater, all right? That's crocodiles. Fuck yeah. Salt. You fuck I'll be talking Gator ate. later. So um as a matter of fact, I, so that's that's what I have to report on that. I just feel like I had to close the book on that since I talked about it so much, but uh it ended up being kind of a
1: flop. Hold on. The untold one, um that is ending with this four part, like and the season's over.
0: No, it's not necessarily like a. Um, th- I think they've got other documentaries as a part of this series, but the Swamp oh. Kings thing that's done. They just dropped the four episodes and that was it.
1: Because it felt kind of like a um, anthology film where you bury the bulk of like crap yeah, in the middle. But like
0: it's it's done. It had a short shelf life, and I don't think people really cared about it because it was just uh, you know fodder for Meyer. Yeah, I don't really. I don't. I fucking hate and Meyer.
2: I thought you loved an Oscar Mayer,
0: Wiener. I got no problem saying that. No, because we never could beat him. (laughs) You couldn't beat the Wiener? We couldn't beat him. Couldn't beat him at Utah. We sure weren't going to beat him in Florida when they won the national championship in 2006. Although it was better. I was there. I was there that game. They didn't even show that in the fucking documentary. They didn't even recognize us, dude. We played them their first fucking game of 2006. They didn't even fucking mention us, Drew. I was there when Tim Tebow scored his first collegiate touchdown. I oh still say God. it was
1: out of bounds. I, I'm kind of interested to go back and watch that Jake Paul one. It's very good.
0: Yeah. It's very
1: good. Also, speaking of Jake Paul, uh, Logan Paul for president. If you don't know what that means, go back and listen to our interview That's right. we did last week. As, we it. What did he say, Oksana, in that email?
3: That I'm rethinking, is it Logan Paul?
1: Yeah, Logan Paul. Yeah. For
3: president and put a link to the deadline article where he said he walked out of Oppenheimer because it was all explosions and nothing happened.
1: Yeah, yeah it was just talking. No, he said it was, it was all, all talking. Was, yeah. It was all
3: talking.
1: <laughs> I like how him walking out of Oppenheimer makes headlines for days. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't for days. see it. I'm in the. oh, I didn't have a phone. That's probably There you why. go. Yeah, because you had your religious moment. But yeah, Chad gets the X. Go listen to that interview. Uh, so the sports documentary that
0: I do want to talk about. Uh also aired this <laughs> week another one
1: <laughs> on the
0: home box office channel. Uh you remember HBO back when that was a brand that we used to respect <laughs> for Max fucking I don't even want to talk about that. Uh also Randy, how was this week's uh, John Wilson? I got to uh that was great. catch up.
2: Oh, we should watch it after. Did it, you watch uh, last week's? No. It does something a little bit different, I would say, than uh a lot of his episodes. It's good. Okay. Very good.
0: Looking forward to it. Now, before we get there, we got to talk about,
2: um, I was very much looking
0: forward to this documentary, um, because I remember this, uh, the story's actually, uh, not very old. I think it was just a couple years ago, maybe 2000, uh, 2021 when this happened. Um, and Russell, I, I was talking to him before, uh, the show and he had mentioned that he remembered this happening. So Randy, a couple years ago, there was a, uh, occasionally, especially now, um, where it's it's early part of the season, um, it's not uncommon, and I think they do it regularly for uh, very prestigious high schools, highly ranked, highly funded high schools will play on ESPN and uh, on Friday nights, and so um, it's it's become somewhat commonplace for high school football games to get broadcast on national television. Um, and a couple years ago, a high school that no one had talked about. Uh, Bishop Sycamore High School, in out of Ohio, was playing IMG Academy out of Florida. Now, very briefly, I'll, I'll give you a, a back uh, background on IMG. IMG essentially is a school that is created for sports. Um, I mean, it is not it is not a traditional school that you would think. Um, it is it is there for primetime five star blue chip athletes if you want to go pro come to IMG
1: what if you want to get like an english degree don't go to IMG okay.
0: <laughs> like IMG is and also at the end of the at the end of the documentary they they mentioned that IMG uh, was bought um, buy a company for over a billion dollars Oh, and then also last year alone they reported 75 million dollars in earnings so that's what you're dealing with here um so img is like the death star of high school football and so they and that is commonplace for them to be on national television uh you know in, in this arena so this unknown bishop sycamore team plays them IMG beats them, I think sixty three to nothing. Uh, No, it's fifty eight to nothing. They beat, and it's it's also it's scary of like the difference in talent on the field. Mm -hmm. It's like oh these these kids could get hurt, and then Twitter went crazy, and they're like, what is the who are these people? Who are these kids? What are these teams? Their jerseys look like they bought them at Walmart right before (laughs) they were sharing helmets. It was bad, and then it turned out that high school did not exist. These kids were living in a hotel, and they were um, all under uh, the influence of their head coach. Um, why don't they? I, I need Jim to, Jones, Roy Johnson, or Leroy Johnson. Ooh, I like um, that. But he goes by he goes by Roy and Leroy probably because you know he a scam artist, so hmm. um, he probably has burned both names. But here's the thing, you know that I love I love scam artists. I do. Yeah. I like a hustler. I like, um, you know, people that uh, exploit the system. I think that's important. Then you got Roy Johnson, <laughs> who goes many, many steps too far, and he, where he is just a bad person. And I think that the documentary crew here. There's a – they make no bones about how they are portraying Roy Johnson, and they let Roy Johnson speak for a good portion of the documentary where they're like, hey, we'll hand you the shovel. Do you want to dig? And he is happy to dig, and like it's – and he's lying through most of the documentary. And then when they catch him in lies, he throws a fit. And then he walks off the <laughs> set and he's still got his microphone on and then we're talking and then like we catch. So it's it's interesting of how they they sort of play into his personality and give him enough rope to where he's hanging himself. But he's also clean on a lot of the tr- – he's getting sued by so many people. Uh, I think that the the film crew tallied that he currently has – um, I believe 30 lawsuits against him currently right now Damn. because he does not pay bills at all. He doesn't pay anything <laughs> like they even um, he, he's uh, stiffed a paintball. He took the kids out for a paintball activity. It was $800. They got in contact with the paintball guy and uh, Roy had left his credit card there. It was, it was a dummy card. Yeah. And so it was like $800 and the guy, they, they, I get, you know, had reached out to him to interview and he just like, they just showed him on camera, just flipping him off. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like the $800 bill. And then like the hotel, because he got, he, all these players he had recruited because, you know, they, they had gotten kicked out of their school. They didn't have a school to go to. And so he was like, you come play for this school. Kicked out because grades, oh, uh, v- attitude. Whatever. A okay. Of, everything. Know, what, everything. And, uh, well, some kids were homeless. What? Yeah. And so so and so they lived in this hotel for 3 months and the reason why it was 3 months is because he didn't have to pay for 3 months. And he was like, "Oh, great." And so he never paid. Yeah. And so he's um the beginning of the documentary kind of talks about he had tried this before and it failed. And so then he created a second one. Never give up. Now, the reason why it kind of stuck is because he files it as a religious school and was able to kind of funnel it through um an independent school that basically is just there to like provide GED for kids who fall out of school. So it's like a secondary education sort of thing that he used as the primary, uh, for the backing of the school. And then uh, very soon after the ESPN thing went haywire, um, they separated themselves from the school. So it crumbled immediately. So the question became what the hell was his goal here? Because he got on ESPN and he got exposed. And so, but um, but no one could do anything because he filed it as a religious school. Oh so the state of Ohio had no, they had no, they couldn't touch him. No one can touch him. And then also he he made all these kids sign loans for twenty thousand dollars a piece that he was trying to get off of them. But they can't. But they signed the documents. They can't put it on that. And he's ruined these kids' credit. And yet, from his perspective, he's like, I, I brought them off the streets. I saved them. But every single one of those kids was like, fuck Roy. <laughs> fuck Roy. Roy's the worst. And then also they, and then they start telling stories of, um, there, there was one time where they're driving down the road and, uh, I forgot what type of animal it was, but he runs over this fucking animal. Kangaroo. And it, Backs and then backs up over the animals. armadillo, and he's like, "Y'all don't know what y'all, know, you motherfuckers don't know what it means to survive out here." And he kills the animal, and then like, uh, there was another time where a homeless guy was breaking into his car, uh-huh. and then he got the rest of the team to they beat the fuck out of that homeless guy, and then it was just, uh, yeah, you just hear all these stories, and then you know, then these kids started breaking down and crying, and then they would show Roy that
1: footage. And he cold. And it was just, it it was just like how he would, you know, man, his brain. It's funny now hearing you talk about this and how much you enjoyed it. It really makes sense to me why you came back with the McKamey Manor four, because there's a parallel with that Russ dude who is untouchable, even though he's like basically filming and facilitating torture videos, but he's not actually doing anything. So it's like a legal loophole where they can't really catch him. And then his buddy who was, uh, part of it called up and was like, "Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm not doing that anymore," because you, he probably could be viable. Yeah, yeah, d-
0: uh. but see, and also I forgot to mention the domestic charges against his girlfriend. Um oh, he was he was sentenced there in that time, got off. Um, now the the again the one thing that I kept kind of thinking about is like, what was his motivation? Because he knew it was going to crumble. Um, that also one of my favorite people in the documentary was the guy that he had originally was going to help him assemble this high school and this team. But once the guy figured out that this guy was going to make his own high school, he's like, you're fucking insane. (laughs) I am out. And he is, he's so funny because he talked about when he saw that they had made it on TV, he, he's like, Hey, he called out to his wife. He was like, Hey, come on the TV, the idiot that done did it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so funny. Um, but. It, Roy says a very important thing at the beginning of the movie, and I kind of had to harken back to that. And then the rest of the context made sense about his plan. Is that and someone even asked him, um, someone asked, there were a couple journalists working the case. Uh, One was like a national journalist, and then one was a local journalist, and it's good to kind of get the juxtaposition of those two things. Both are very good in their own job, but they both do very different things. Um, A lot of of really good talking heads here. Um, But one guy actually said, you know, is Roy a good con artist? I don't know. He's really good at some things and he's really bad at some other. <laughs> and it's true. He's really bad at some things. And so it's in, and, and that made me think of like, what was his goal here? Like, it's like when you had to know once you were get on ESPN, he really, th- Oh, I forgot to mention this. So the whole thing was them playing IMG, IMG Academy on ESPN, right? Mm-hmm. They played on that. That game was on Saturday. They played an entire football game three days before the IM. You don't do yeah. that. You need at least one week of rest. He was playing these kids three days before the game as a prep game. That that's, he had no he knew very little about football. He had a little experience uh, working as like a GA. And then like people asked him, was like, was Roy a coach? No, he wasn't a coach. They didn't know what they were doing. And then not to mention like he is clear. He had no regard for these kids. These kids were just a way for him to make money. Mm -hmm. And then he fucking filed loans against him. I was like, dude, he's a scumbag. But so yeah, he had scheduled a game three days before the big game. And um, yeah. So once it hit the ESPN thing, the jig was up. So what was his motivation? He had said something at the beginning of the documentary and he said, I learned very quickly that even if you don't have money, you need to pretend like the people who have money. You need to act like the people who have money. And that's what he does. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. He acts like he has money until it all comes to where he can't do anything else because he owes everyone money. Um, and it's just uh, everything just started to crumble. So I what think. is he doing now? Um, I don't know
1: they, don't, they crack. don't talk about that you <laughs> crap fentanyl dude
0: i don't know actually but uh oh and so um some of the kids uh they end the documentary with a sort of music video of the kids made uh, one of the dudes made an album about after bishop high also the name of the school is bishop sycamore which stands for bs high yeah which is wonderful <laughs> uh fantastic documentary really good i mean just as a, as a base bones of what you would hope for with a documentary you want an interesting subject you got that you want a bad guy you got that you want something you want some someone you can pull for you got that you got everything you want um it's great i highly highly recommend bsi Hell yeah okay Um, also I did want to talk about a horror film since that's, (laughs) that's sort of what we do over here, or at least, uh, that's what we say to people. So I went back to the old, the old honey hole, Russell, the old screen box, baby. I like the screen. Are -hmm. you, uh, are y'all messing with the screen box?
1: No, but I should. They, they, they're doing good.
0: It's nice. They got a lot, they got a I think I, it's 100% shutter level. I mean, and, and I think that the the contracts that are, and the agreements that they were able to kind of secure with, um, you know, Severin and vinegar syndrome and Agfa, like, that's great. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, you know, that's, that's sort of how they're building their identity. And I think that that is absolutely up our alley and our listeners' alley. So uh, I hope to continue um, this partnership that we have. With Screenbox.
1: Yeah, I still think about when we had the broke horror fan on here and I opened up with a terrible, Oh, we're sponsored by Shudder today. I thought it was being incredibly funny. Yeah. It's so funny. We'll see you next week. It haunts me because honestly, I would I think I'd support Screenbox over Shudder. Shudder, you know, they're always flirtatious with the unnamed footage fest too. I feel like Screenbox would be Oh yeah. They're all in. We're tongue kissing already.
0: Screenbox is D T F on his way to prison, a man gets intercepted by a secretive government agency who tasks him to monitor a secret experiment in exchange for commuting his sentence. This is subject from writer-director—oh, excuse me, director Tristan Barr, also acts in the film. Um, okay, this is listed as horror and science fiction. I would say check on both of those boxes. Also, get a little uh, got a little uh, drama here. You know, we're dealing with some uh, some heavy human shit. And I don't mean poop poop. <laughs> I'm just talking about I'm just talking about emotions, okay? I'm talking about guilt, talking about addictions, talking about, you know, trying to be uh, a good parent. Okay? Or even kids and even your kids, all right? when you lose somebody, you know you got to pick up the pieces. you got to figure it out. and if you don't, life's going to go downhill real quickly. It's about the choices that we've made. This movie opens up where uh, I think we got three gentlemen in the back of a car and we're in you know, like I said, we're in transport. then the car stops, Now, Randy, we're on transport to prison, okay? That's where people do hard time. Sure. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know the backstory on these gentlemen. We just know that uh, they're handcuffed and also they're bickering because they're like, I, 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 don't talk to me. I don't care." Well, as soon as you, I'm glad we don't. I'm glad I'm not in these handcuffs because I'll kill you. They're like, "I'll kill you too." So you know, <laughs> classic prison talk. Hell yeah. Well, then the car stops, Randy, and then the back of the door opens, and then we got a we got a suit. Okay. This, this guy who looks like Mr. Anderson from The Matrix <laughs> pops open and he's like, uh, are you blah, blah, blah? And blah, blah, blah is like, yeah, that's me. And then he shoots the other guys in the head. And then he's like, all right, you're coming with me. You're getting a new. Basically, he's like, <laughs> he's like, I represent a government agency and uh, you're still going to prison, but you're going to a different prison now. You're coming with me, and he's like, "Okay." <laughs> Doesn't have a whole lot of options. Oh, he also gets shot with a tranquilizer gun. So uh, then we're off to the races. Now, uh, I want to sort of i'll I'll let that be there. Uh, then we go to our new location, and uh, some stuff happens. I want to be you know sort of secretive in 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 what I'm sharing here because I think that uh, more is to come on this movie. Um, and, uh, possibly, you know, we can, uh, get some people involved and, uh, we can talk about this movie at a later date. So, um, we will do that, but I just want to say that uh, they do an incredible amount with very little. Um, it's very clear of how sort of bare bones this production is, but that doesn't stop them in the production at all and i like how mysterious everything is um i like how bleak everything is um there is no hand holding there is no spoon feeding um it's a lot of what is what's going what's going on here and trying to figure out um you know the the messaging of everything now i should also say found footage okay but oh, it's wow. very but it's 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 i would hybrid? say hybrid okay of what we're doing here. Um, you'll, you'll understand what I mean
1: there. Um, yeah, I want to check it out. It's funny. When you said you watched Subject, uh, I looked it up immediately and I got the wrong movie. There's a documentary about the effects of documentaries. Yeah. Came, yeah, and I was like. I saw that one too. Oh, you did? No, I didn't see the movie, but oh, I saw okay. it. I, I want to watch that one too.
0: Um, I very much enjoyed this. Um, it Like I said, it is, uh, I believe this played at, at Chattanooga film festival if that's right it sounds yep. right mm-hmm. um yeah. so yeah it's uh it's it's making the it was making the uh circuit rounds and i i'm not sure how long it has been on screen box but i i based upon information that i have just received uh chattanooga was not that far a, a long ago so i imagine it, uh, it should be pretty fresh on the streaming apparatuses very nice i very much enjoyed and uh, hopefully, uh, we can get into a little deeper conversation about subject. i highly recommend. Check it out. More to come. <laughs> also, I'm not sure if I'm going to have more like sports that. documentaries. Oh, my God. Because, I mean, football season is here, baby. I'm going to be watching real football now.
2: Are you uh, going to finish Telemarketers? Telemarketers so is great. Tonight-
0: yeah, how many how many episodes we got on that? Tonight's the last one. Just three. Oh, it's just three. Yeah. Dang. Interesting. Russ, uh, you should watch Tell Markers. What? Come on. It's interesting.
2: I think I you think would he... really enjoy the characters in the documentary. Why? Because he does correct almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. A lot mean. of drugs done on screen. They come off. Almost everyone comes off very unlikable in the first episode, and then the second one, you start to like really like two of the guys that become sort of like the main subjects. I
0: all feel right. like you, I feel like it would hit home with you in your work experience at a oh. certain business that we all worked at. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my God. All right. I, I mean, I'll try it. I'm already late to jury duty. So I'll do that. And yeah. then, yeah, I'll go to, I'll pivot over to telemarketing.
0: Telemarketers, home box office. Are also, you done? BSI. That's it. We're okay.
1: Dead. All right, we'll, we'll see you next week. Um, put on your sailor cap, your tricorn hat, and let's get ready to. I I mean, wade I feel in.
0: like you should have programmed some ocean sounds <laughs> or something. Know, I know, Randy. Can we get some like whale sounds there in the <laughs> yeah. post?
1: For sure. Well, before we make it to the ocean, we're smell the air. We're gonna have an urban adventure. You know, I was at the ocean this week. Were you? Yeah, we down urban? in
0: Pacifica. I went to the uh, Taco Bell. Oh, Pacifica.
1: that's right. You went to, one oh, of the yeah. few days where it was. Gorgeous in Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. On the beach. It was, it, it was beautiful. It, you know, I went, Got to sunburn. High, I went to high school around there. Yeah. So I always think of that place as like uh, an area you would avoid because they did not like high school kids hanging out trying to pull money together to get a taco. That place is always packed. <laughs> I know. And it's like a it, it, somehow it like is an elevated Taco Bell because it's on the beach and they have the walk up window where you yeah. can order like a margarita. Right. Yeah. And they still have alcohol there. Yeah. Yeah, so they think they're like fine dining, like pinky out kind of food. I had like a giant
0: slushy thing. It was like this tall. Oh my,
1: really? It was a yard. Yeah. What the
0: fuck? It was tight. That's Baja so Blast dumb. Freeze. So dumb. That was three
1: feet. I remember hanging out in there with skateboards, trying to pull like dollars together. Hell yeah. Yeah, I haven't been. I haven't been back there in a long time. But um, we'll do yeah. a live episode there next week. You know, it really didn't come together this whole nautical thing until. Literally, I actually had to have a time extension to finish the movie I was watching. But it all started um, after my phone was destroyed by the water to- um, Your baptism. On Monday, East Bay cinematographer Jasadi came over and he was like, bro, we're watching a movie today. He uh, also gave
0: me very nice birthday gifts.
1: What did, what did he give you? I can't remember. Marijuana. That's right. Drugs. <laughs> and Which he does not partake in, which I feel like means more. Like when somebody is like caring. Yeah. yeah it, it means more coming from somebody who does not. Part, unless he just got it dumped off on him or had a weirdo leave it in the car. And he went, you know, who could, you know, who would no, like He was that. at the
0: place where he called me at the place. Oh, okay. But I didn't know what he was. He just, he just wanted to know my
1: shirt size. He also gave me a shirt. Of, of what? Of the weed place. Cookies. Uh, that's what I thought. Okay. Oh, and it's. Okay. See, that was very thoughtful. Yeah. So he came over and demanded that we watch a movie. And, um. I said, "Okay, what movie?" And then we entered into the the dance that I, I worry about every time.
0: Because you don't is, dance,
1: you mosh. I mean, yeah, we're moshing around the front room. We're like, "All right, what do you want to watch?" I don't care. What do you want to watch? I said, "Let's not do this. We need strict parameters." We
0: always have a healthy amount of screeners that should be watched.
1: I know, but this Jasati, and you know, the thing is, he's one of the people that comes over and looks at the library, yeah, a film, and it's like, "Oh, we should watch it." And I said, "Okay, remember that." And we never remember. So the movie that's been hanging fruit. No Make pun, a note in the app. No pun intended. Uh, Picnic at Hanging Rock oh. has been our kind of fallback. And I'm like, want to do it? It's going to be a little bit long. But, you know, we can dive into this. We could talk about it. It's exploitation. There's a lot here. Oh, I don't know, man. And it's like, okay. That's Peter a, Weir? That's, I think so. Yeah. yeah. That's our backup plan. And if we're abandoning it, what are we doing? So then I start going into, I know there's something here. I, I go movie blind, can't find anything. So we ended up doing the old uh, fallback and we pulled out the app, My Movies, Yep, uh, not a sponsor. And if you shake your phone, it'll randomly select a movie from your library. And I told him, if we're going to engage in this, we need to respect the rules. Like whatever it pulls out, Unless we've already seen it, that was the one thing. If it's a rewatch, we're we're skipping. Now, again, for, for added context for our listeners, you
0: have scanned the uh, codes of all.
1: Oh, yeah, all the movies, not VHS tapes, but yeah. I did all DVD and um, Blu-ray. And so the movie takes all of those codes and then. It's a little under 3000, I yeah. think. And um, I've alphabetized all of them so we can find them too. And I said, that's the rules, man. Like maybe if we watched it over 10 years ago, we can revisit it. But that's the, whatever it pulls up, dude. And he was down and then I shook it and I got alligator from 1980 and he immediately said, come on, man. Like something. And I said, no motherfucker. <laughs> I said, we said we're sticking with it. Now, if I'm being honest, I remember the film fondly. I believe. And this is what I told you, Sadi. This used to be like a horror nerd handshake yeah. where you're like all the fucking uh, the gator movies, the crocodile shit. They're all terrible. And, you know, you end up with a... Lake plastic. Well, you end up, like, uh, teasing something that you can't deliver because it's really hard to make a special effects dinosaur in a low-budget horror movie. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of things you got to hit, and it ends up being, like, sci-fi cannon fodder. And I explained to him, the thing about Alligator is it is the exception to the rule. This movie is worth owning in 4K on three discs. Even though, in my heart of hearts, I was like, and I would like to back out on this too. And I don't know why. I mean, I watched it a long time ago and I mean everything I just said. Like, if somebody fucks with Alligator, you're like, okay, we could watch movies. And for some reason, I wasn't feeling it, but I'm like, I respect rules, damn it. Is it from uh, Severn or Vinegar? I don't know what that 4K release was from. I'm not sure. I, I could show you down there though. Did it look good? Uh, yeah, no, it looked great. Um, Again, the projector I have isn't 4K, so we went in Blu ray. And I popped it on. And if you haven't seen Alligator, I highly recommend it. It is an eighty slasher movie about an alligator. And the origin story may be my favorite part here. I'm going to go ahead and read from IMDb. A pet baby alligator is flushed down a toilet and survives this in the city sewers. 12 years later, it grows to an enormous size thanks to a diet of discarded laboratory dogs injected with growth hormones. Now humans have entered the menu. That is how you fucking write a genre movie. And what they left out is the beautiful Clark. You would love it. I mean, what do you expect from Frank Ray Pirelli? Dude. dude? I Yeah, I know. And the thing is the opening of this movie, they're at like, ah, you would probably actually have experience with a place like this, but it felt like a roadside attraction, except it also felt like, you know, the corner of SF zoo where they have like a little, alligator tank and there's a guy who's going to perform for a small crowd of how to wrestle an alligator. Yep. And there's like three dudes and they're like down there and he's like, watch, I'm going to do it. And he's like, he's kind of disrespectful. Like he doesn't have that loving relationship of like, this might be a gratuitous thing that we engage in, but it keeps them alive. It's more like I bought this off a dude and now I'm making money off. Yeah. He doesn't have a uh, Steve Irwin attitude. No, not Steve Irwin. Although he does have a Steve Irwin outcome.
2: As oh. when he's
1: so this thing, right to the, the heart. The beauty of the 80s is that these motherfuckers, they're stuntmen. All the dudes down there, you know, like, oh, these dudes, they're ready to take a tumble. Yeah. But it's like, that's a real alligator, though. So what are we doing? Well, I'll tell you what we're doing. We're failing to wrestle him. As the dude walks up, he slips and falls, and the alligator bites onto his leg and enters immediately into a death roll. Oh, I was about to say. And there's blood. You it's, don't want that. It's, well, that- pra- it's practical. And it's like, how the fuck did they do this? Huh. <laughs> fucking stupid ass cat. That, that Dottie just scared the shit out of Clark. As soon as you talked about oh. death roll, I feel that fucking tape. Look, Dottie's saying hi. She, you know, Dottie will not put you in a death roll. Um, dude, it, but it's one of those moments where you're like, how did they shoot this? Now, on the 4K, again, this movie I think is on Netflix right now if you want to watch it, either Netflix or Amazon Prime. Oh. And I highly recommend it. But on the Blu-ray, they had bonus features. And we actually got to see that the special effects guy made a prop leg and they just kind of threw it in the alligator's mouth while they, while four dudes held up the alligator by each limb. They put the leg in its mouth and just they're like, we got one shot at this thing. Dang. Because what they were going to do is wrap the, the stuntman's leg in a layer of like, hardened plastic and actually have the alligator bite onto it. <laughs> but these dudes didn't know enough to know that alligators just death roll all the oh, time. Yeah. So they used the fake leg, which was on a whim, by the way, the practical fe- effects guy reached out to his buddy who had a leftover limb from a movie he made. And he's like, you know, I'm going to bring this over. And they're like, let's just throw it in there and see if it will even bite down. And thankfully they were able to use that footage and uh, kept a stunt man alive. But dude, this movie doesn't slow down. What happens is a little girl there. She's a dork, by the way. And like this this mayhem's happening with this alligator and she's over there whispering like, "Well, if they roll it on its back, it will just like go, it will fall asleep." It's like she has all these like Wikipedia facts back when Wikipedia was in 27 books yeah. Yeah. and he actually had to read them. And um yada yada yada, she ends up coming home with the baby alligator. Uh unfortunately, her dad's not a fan. And immediately flushes it down the toilet. Alive. Oh, boy. And it's kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. Perfect origin story for a slasher who, uh, uh, like IMDb said, starts eating a diet of uh, dead dogs who have been injected with growth hormones. Now, how do the dead dogs with the growth hormones get worked in here? Well, we're introduced to a character who owns a, uh, what would you call that, a pet shop? Yeah, it was a pet shop. Okay, it's a pet shop. But he's, Why don't you question that? What else? Because it almost concerned? felt like um, it was like a pound. Like okay. he had a lot of dogs locked up and he had a van that he drove around picking up stray dogs. So it didn't seem like a uh, a nice like strip mall pet shop. No. It felt, uh, especially with the dude running, it felt a little shady. He's like a fat sweaty guy from the 80s. Love it. Who were always like, you know, nefarious characters. sure. And um, he's driving around picking up dogs and he's not bringing them back to the pet shop. He's bringing him to a bio lab where a dude has exceeded his limit of dead dogs and is now buying them off the black market. Oh. And the guy's like, Hey man, you know, there's a cop sniffing around my store. We really got to do something about this. And the guy's like, shut up, take your money. And he also gives him a garbage bag full of dead dogs to dispose of. (laughs) So of course you do what any shady pet store owner would do. You enter into the sewer way further than anybody would feel comfortable, by the way. Yeah. He throws them in a shopping cart, and it feels very L.A. River. He's just pushing them down this area, and then there's a giant cliff down into where the turtles live, and the the shopping cart rolls off the edge, and you're like, okay, job done. He's like, fuck. So he climbs down there and starts taking them out of the shopping cart, at which point you know you're just begging to be eaten by an alligator, which happens. Uh, This movie's fantastic. There is a um, rough-and-tumbled... A homicide detective who's kind of living uh, life a little bit outside of the law. He lives in a um, single bedroom apartment where his couch uh, folds out of his, <laughs> where his bed doubles as his couch. And uh, he ends up here. is a light spoiler ends up falling in love with the little girl who grew up to be a dork, but an expert on reptiles. So we get a little bit of like a sin city. Like this loser is falling in love with this girl but she's kind of into it too. Fantastic genre film. I highly recommend it. Practical effects. Also, there is a moment where this alligator breaks through the cement sidewalk of uh, what looks like, I don't know what city we're in I was here.
0: really hoping you were going to say this alligator breaks through the fourth wall.
1: No, it does not. <laughs> no, it does not Deadpool us. Uh, there are some kids who feel very Brooklyn to me playing like pick, hey, pick up baseball. Yeah. And then an alligator breaks out of the fucking sidewalk and destroys some cars. It's fantastic. The movie won't let you down. It's so good that Jasadi was even like, "This was good." That fucking idiot doubted nice. me. I mean, I doubted myself. So I, I didn't saw this realize that
2: Plaza a week ago. Oh, why didn't you? Because uh, you know, it was like a nine p.m. screening. <laughs> I get it. Yeah this this definitely is like a
1: a nine p.m. screening is now the effect of midnight screening. So and th- that's yeah, the on right a time for too. it too.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm waiting uh, for reverse inflation to happen. Where that's going to happen, like six p.m. <laughs>
1: okay, no, I hope midnight's I'm- now six. So then, what is like a matinee at that point? point, three a.m.? Oh yeah, I'd love a six a.m. mat, dude. Oh my god, fuck six a.m. mat. Woo, I'm there. Yeah, all the weirdos are going to be there. Oh yeah. Um, good. so now I I have three aquatic films. This one I would say is the most genre forward. It also has the smallest impact of a female footprint. Although the female character here is isn't deeply important. And she also has that very, um, she softened up the, uh, the lost hero too. And her mother, her mother is a fucking John Waters character. Mother. It, you know what? This movie is strong genre. Now the other That's two true. films, uh, I have a more traditional film is what I'm going to call it. And then I have a half and half. Now I'm going to end with the half and half. It's a little old. And I looked on letterbox and it seems like everybody's already seen it. And, uh, Although the people, the people we fuck with are kind of like film fest weirdos. So I think they caught it when it aired in 2019. Yeah, bro. Our fans don't sleep.
0: Because yeah, money doesn't They
1: sleep. watch more movies than I do, and it makes me insecure. Anyway, I watched a movie that came out this year that Clark told me about called The Dive. The Dive. Now, um, The Dive. You know what? I'll just go ahead and read from IMDb, although I'm worried. Two sisters go diving at a beautiful remote location. One sister is struck by a rock, leaving her trapped 28 meters below. With dangerously low levels of oxygen and cold temperatures, it's up to her sister to fight for her life. Good job, IMDb. Um, I'm going to give you another kind of shorthand lazy pitch here. This is the movie Fall. If you remember us talking about the uh, vertigo we all felt in the theater when we watched two women climb to the top of the highest tower in like New Mexico. Um, It's very fall meets The Midnight Swim, which is a movie we showed at Uff year two. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is a very um female perspective driven, emotional, also aquatic movie. Sarah Dino Smith. Yeah, who was on the show and talked about it. Very adult art house, right? How the fuck is is there an in-between of fall and The Midnight Swim? Well, there is. And if you can't understand that that's real, then I highly recommend you watch The Dive. Because this movie... You know, here's another really short elevator pitch. It's a non-goofy fall. There's fall (laughs) gets so wacky and I, you know, I love fall for it. It's, I gave fall five stars. Now the movie, the dive, it's way more fucking serious. And these movies, you know, we call them diodramas. I felt that in the trailer. Yeah. Which is why I didn't You made a good call, by the way. Um, oksana asked me about motivation of a character and how a flashback was informing the film, which is one of my favorite questions let me sit here and mansplain to you what i think this movie's about is one of my favorite things to do yeah except i was kind of choked up so i couldn't get it out could you tell oksana no i do <laughs> i was i was fighting back a couple of tears in this movie which i did not expect at all what are you randy no, Randy doesn't cry unless it's <laughs> fucking Barbie for some reason. No, Randy's crying in every movie now. Oh, yeah. oh, really? Great what what great did you cry at yet. recently?
2: Uh, uh, Gran Turismo. When the bomb dropped.
1: No, you liar. He cheered. I, 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 tears <laughs> of joy. That's what you cried.
2: Um, <laughs> no,
1: so, you know, the thing is, there are, there are a couple... Of, when you deal with the Diodrama,
2: sure. again,
1: a coin, um, a term we coined to reflect the offshoot of saw where you have one location and you're going terms here. We do. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, it's the thing I was talking about earlier where you look at like lowbrow films intensely. Yeah. And you think about them too much, except this movie kind of elevated. Dedicate your life
0: to (laughs) dedicate
1: your life to. And the thing is, it's like, how do you explore the inside of a coffin for 90 minutes? How do you explore the inside of a phone booth? Like, like what ideas can we bring up? What plans can we come up with and then have fail? Because that's a lot of what these movies are. It's just trying to be creative in the moment and figure out a way to live. This movie, like Roy Johnson, like Roy Johnson, this movie, um, man, it really nailed it. It nailed it in the most adult way I've ever seen so much so that there's another theme that comes up in these, uh, women of the water movies I've been watching and it's the conflict of like fact, like being uh, rooted in logic, which I think is a uh, representation of like Western culture and kind of a disconnect with religion and just like hope. And this movie has what feels like a wasted 15 minutes that actually informs the film in such a beautiful way. And again, I don't really want to talk about this cause it's brand new. It yeah. just came out and I really want people to watch it. Um, Again, I checked on Letterboxd and none of y'all seen it. So, isn't that, isn't that a good feeling? It is, except when the movie's really good and it's like, man, go. Now I'm worried saw, about. That's what I did with Star Time last week, baby. I know. And we almost watched that. I almost got Jasadi to watch it. And then he, for some reason, you being excited about it got him to back off. Oh, <laughs> Jasadi. Yeah, I know. It's good. Um, also, there's a new horror boner up if you want to go watch that. Jasadi's on it and uh, we make fun of him. True. Sure. Uh, so,
2: yeah, The Dive, I highly recommend that.
1: I have some other notes here? Anything I need to mention?
2: I have another water connection for The Dive. Oh, yeah, please. Sophie Lowe, who is in The Dive, is also in the movie Blow the Man Down, which Clark <gasps> oh, knows. Oh, that's a good movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Man,
1: Randy, watch this movie, please. Please. Sure. I know I make recommendations all the time that that's are kind cool. of like half-cocked, but I think the there's something about like female protagonist and a getaway with water that always becomes a reflection on like childhood. And it becomes like such an emotional narrative. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure what's going on there, but I'm into it. So I'm fucking into these movies. Maybe if the lighthouse said two women, I would be into it. (laughs) I'd, I'd way rather see them peeing all over the place. Oh, it's called the handmaiden. Oh, yeah. Wait, is that... Really? Not Did you really, not see you The Handmaid? I didn't see The Handmaid. Oh, a lot of... Lot the of only... Okay, the only thing I can remember ladies. is Clark being like, there's a great Green lesbian movie. scene in that movie. I
0: felt... Uh, here's the thing. I I fell asleep during oh, The Handmaid in the theater, but I kept waking
1: up during the uh, sexy time. Oh, my... God. <laughs> All right. I okay. that. So... The Dive, I would say, oddly enough, is the more traditional good film here. Um, now, the one that I do want to How spoil. How many stars? I don't know. You know, I haven't really thought about it. I think I'm in four and a half territory. Though. Oh, boy. You know, there's something about if a movie moves you enough that you have an emotional reaction, I feel like you have to give it more. Otherwise, I'm like lying to myself. And I did watch this like a couple hours ago. I really liked it. Oksana, we didn't talk about it. Uh, what would you rate it?
3: I mean I think here we go I think four i'm in a I'm in a four area interesting
1: do you have anything um you want to add to the film
3: i ch- I mean no, <laughs> <laughs> yes and no, it's just I don't know underwater movies I feel like i out of, your emotional reaction, I feel like is a lot of the like the kids' flashbacks no then,
1: no oh. uh it's just people not being honest about a relationship kind of thing. Um, I should say that fall, you know, it, it will make your hands sweat because of like the height in this one. You can't really do that when you're underwater, but there's a lot of pressure, oxygen. And this is the movie that I talked about that had a clock literally appear on screen. And oddly enough, it didn't feel stupid. Uh, much like another water movie, The Shallows did. That movie kind of haunts me. Shallow. With the, the fucking phone overlay. I don't know why. I really fucking hate it. That shit sucks, dude. I really hated it. Okay, but moving on. Now, a film that you probably all have seen um, from 2019, I think, is when it was making its rounds in Film fests. I watched a movie called Sea Fever. Um, I seen this. You did? I just said have everybody's I probably this? I don't know. Let me read oh, from my. I, I saw this. The crew of a West <laughs> The crew of a West of Ireland trawler marooned at sea struggled for their lives against a growing parasite in the water they supply. I talked about it on the show. You probably did. And when I watched this and I went, man, this is great. Everybody should watch it. Like this is a movie that I wish I could have caught in a theater. Everybody watches, dude. And you? then I went and I went, Oh, everybody did watch it. We talked about, I think <laughs> Dude, I think Chris and Lee told us about this movie. Maybe, but you hung out with them for a week. I went to work. Well, you know. I know. but you watched you all my movies, <laughs> so fuck you. That's right. Here's the thing. Movie now you got to hear me talk about we, this. Can story. we bring back movie cuck? No, because- It was, it was our you, most successful segment. You were the only one who would be victimized by that segment. You would get mad when you're like, y'all movie cucked me, even though you tried to weaponize it against me all the time. You movie cucked me with alligator. I you were, see, look, I didn't even mean to do that. No, I'm not taking part in that. No, no I refused. Um, now you're taking the fun out of it. I just, I'm, uh, that I am doing on purpose. <laughs> now, uh, this is the movie I'm going to call Half and Half. I feel like we're very genre forward here, mm-hmm. but also there's a lot of great traditional filmmaking here.
4: Yes.
1: First off, I'd like to mention that if you turn this on, I believe, is this Amazon Prime right now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. If you turn this on, you might have the reaction I did where it opens up in a sterile office and it looks like probably every other indie horror movie you've ever watched. And there was a brief moment, a little voice in my head. who was like, you could back out. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. And the thing is, once we leave that room, we get on a fucking boat and it feels like a Hollywood movie. It feels just straight up. The boat is a fantastic. You know, I kept thinking about the 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 fuck was it called? The Doomed Voyage of the Last Nosferatu or whatever? That The fucking, Last Voyage of the Demeter. Yeah, that fucking movie. It's like, I wish I swapped that movie out for this one. And I saw Sea Fever in the theater and the Demeter one at home while having a drink or something. This movie, um, we have a very, uh, what would I call her? A very Velma lead character. Oh, She's kind of an outsider. She's a dork. She can't, she <laughs> Randy's favorite. good job, Randy. She um doesn't really fit in and her teacher, you can, I love this. It's a perfect example of um, a lot of insight to character by a brief interaction. And there's a, there's like a party going on in a room and she's in a lab studying and the teacher comes and said, Hey, you're not, you're not over there celebrating. And she's like, you know, I'm working on my thing. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? What are you doing? He's like, are you ready for your, your voyage? And she's like, oh, I'm working on this thing. It's more important. And he was like, he closes her laptop and says, you need to get your hands dirty and go make some fucking friends. And uh, Fuck yeah. instantly, you know what you're dealing with. She's probably a star pupil, but doesn't really interact well. And I was shocked to see the boat. I mean, the boat looked beautiful. The locations were great. We're kind of doing a thing here. And by the, a thing, I mean the thing, John Carpenter's. Yep. Except we're not in the snow. We're on water. Oh. And... I, I was thinking about that a lot. I mean, snow and water—they do have a pretty close relationship. I mean, they are the same. But there's something. D- I mean, <laughs> they are the same. They are the same. It, but it's different because you're not diving down into the snow. Yes, but you know, temperatures are involved. That's and and now, molecularly. How well do you remember this movie? Uh, not great. Okay. I remember, uh, you know... Uh, no, don't, don't say anything. Again, if you haven't watched it, I want to get into spoiler territory now. So uh, thank you for tuning in. Go watch it on Amazon Prime. Or if you don't care, then hang out. It gets icky. I would feel that this movie would be a victim of Lovecraftian yeah. as a description. And I think that is completely unfair. Although we do have kind of fact with um, fantasy Butting heads. Fantasy. And I love how when she gets on the boat, um, everybody's very happy because the boat is a struggling fisher boat who um, not related. You know, my family doesn't own the boat, but they are fishermen who are struggling to make a living. Okay. Uh, we, there's a bright engineer on board who has a new baby on the way and has been working way below his pay grade and they owe him money. So we're in a desperate what situation. Was it Oliver Anthony over here? <laughs> I don't know. I don't get. Oliver Anthony. Is that his name? No, isn't that the country guy that you? That's hate? what I'm saying. Oh, I get it. He is kind of, but um, he's not American. Clearly, I think he was actually Indian because it's Irish movie. There are a lot of Indians on this boat. I thought it was pretty good casting. Hot in the airport. <laughs> you idiot! <laughs> that dumbass song. Okay, hot in the airport. Go uh, YouTube it. It's great. Um, yeah. So it's desperate, and they're happy she's there because they basically. Got money for her to be on board so she could do a dive. She needs to for her graduation. And um, I forget what technical term she has for her science degree or whatever. But basically, she looks at abnormalities in ecological systems and yeah. understands how they affect and live with or without partaking in that um, community. She's single? Uh, d- definitely. Yeah. She is very signal. And I think... Signal? Single. Single. It's one of the things that I, I – now, let me let me skip through here a little bit. Um, They find out she's a redhead, which is a bad omen. Oh, they find out? Yeah, she takes <sighs> her beanie off and they go, oh. oh, fuck. Yeah. And it's literally like everybody in the, the crew is like, fuck. Because everybody gets me? so horny. <laughs> hey, she Hell was yeah. an attractive girl. Uh, me and Oksana kept talking about whether she had uh, large jugs or not. Yeah, her oh, ward- that did she
0: does her wardrobe was nothing like a sneaky bear. Uh, here, Oksana,
1: Oksana s- Oksana didn't understand why I was so interested. Although I'm sure she had her own theories, um, but I felt like they were trying to like Hitchcock her up. Uh, she had like turtleneck, thick sweater on, but tight, wearing it tight. And oh. I know Hitchcock was a fan of a fully dro, a fully wardrobe hottie. Yeah, and it was his whole idea was I want. He's almost, like, daring the male gaze. Like, I want you to look at this girl and fantasize about her. And it's going to influence you in this, like, dark voyeur way. And I'm not really sure why they were doing it here until you get into Act 2 and you realize, like, well, there's a lot of dudes on board. And they don't really explore it too much. They kind of use it as a fake out because she could have been infected with a parasite that would mm. explode her eyeballs. Except she didn't go for the tongue kiss because somebody walked in on them. But, um. I'm a doubt. Yeah, Oksana, is that what you thought I was thinking about?
3: <laughs> I I don't know.
1: <laughs> she was just like, "Why do you keep talking about this?" And I
3: mean, one of the only times you see her like figure is at the beginning of the movie, though, and the rest of the time she's all bundled up.
1: Well, no, she gets in a wetsuit, and it looks like, yeah, oh, they made him in Patty in a bra over there, uh, and and <laughs> yeah. honestly, I would have been like, "Hey, kudos to you, you know what you're doing." And honestly, she is kind of an enigma, and I think that really it really feeds the story because at, what ends up happening is they go into an off uh, limits zone of the water and it's a problem for them because it's going to cost them a lot of time and they really need these fish. So the captain kind of makes a call without telling anybody and goes right into the no go zone. Well, you know what happens no when you do that? Uh, Cthulhu wakes up and grabs your boat. Yep, That's not fair. I really shouldn't put a uh, Lovecraftian images in your head because what does happen is they hit something in the middle of the ocean which is a terrifying idea. And they're like, what the fuck happened? They hit Mr. Beast filming his new video. (laughs) So the captain, who's already kind of a shady character, very desperate, is like, well, you needed to dive, right? Here, take this knife, dive in there, and if there are barnacles or whatever you said we hit, you go cut them off. I love a barnacle. So she's like, are you fucking kidding? And she's, okay, fine. So she dives in, and I don't know how she even approached the bottom of the boat. Is that the hole? The hull of the boat? I'd say yes. As there are giant, luminescent tentacles coming out of the deep of the ocean latched onto it. And she kind of bravely just comes up and starts pulling them off. She cuts one. It starts flailing. Um, In the interior of the hole, we see that it has like basically burned its way through the wood. And there's this weird kind of dead dicks hole in the wall vagina thing going on. And uh, very creepy. Could be a butthole. Could be a butthole. Actually, it does look a little bit more butthole. It looks puckered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're gonna laugh, can you do it into the microphone, please? I was saying. I know. That to Randy, <laughs> you yell at years. Randy for that. I'll yell at her. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the, the butthole tentacles start attacking her, and she comes out of the water, and she's like, "I'm never going back down there again." And we're off into genre territory. Love it. Now, the main critique of this movie is that here it is. We kind of plateau here. And I don't know if I completely agree with that. We don't get a ton of exploration of the monster because I think this movie is more about what her career is going to be. Exploring an individual in an ecosystem because now the expert on the boat, immediately she's thinking about how does this thing exist? And she's like, oh, those whales we saw. It's probably out here because it kills whales and, you know, it it mistook our boat as a whale. So it didn't mean to do this and the bacteria is a byproduct.
0: Now, see, that, now from what I remember in this is like she was the outsider, right? Mm-hmm. And so like she has to deal with that on top of the monster shit. Well,
1: the redhead thing gives her a disadvantage immediately. Yeah. Because, you know, being a pretty and girl. And
0: isolates her from the rest of the crew.
1: Yeah. But on top of that, she does it to herself all the time. Which I thought, you know, after I watched the movie, I'm like, but what the fuck is this movie about? And it's kind of about being an outsider who makes a living out of identifying other outsiders. So honestly, she should be the most adept at fitting in with the new group. Because one of the guys, she's talking to him and she's like, I know you're nervous. Like, you keep touching your wedding ring. Like, she's got that kind of like, you know, throw some toothpicks on the floor autism thing going on. Yeah, But it's identifying people and like them betraying their own emotion. And she couldn't figure it out for herself though. And I thought it was really interesting. I do think the ending of this movie is a bit of a cop out. It gets a little cute where otherwise I thought I I really liked this fucking film. There's a lot of interesting genre stuff that happens. Like when they find the other boat and they go out to it, that's the most thing part of the movie I thought where they go to another boat and it's like, looks derelict and then they go in and they find, Oh, the crew killed themselves. Like why would they do that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I really like this one. I'm God. I I didn't remember you watched it too. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I wish you would go on Letterbox and just like or like acknowledge you, that you watched. Yeah, it. Yeah, that would require me to do paperwork. Yeah, but you're on these platforms you anyway, do identifying what other people are doing.
0: But not on a regular basis. I, I, yeah, I, I don't. I I I I I'm bad at logging. You're <laughs> <laughs> not a logger. Which is. Which is why it would be bad uh, as a nautical enthusiast, because it's yeah. all about it's all about you know I got I got to keep a good yep. log.
1: The ship logs are very yeah, important. Dude.
2: Randy, did you see this one? No, I remember, remember probably you talking about it though.
1: Yeah, Randy, I don't think you would dig this one. I no, um, I don't know. I think no. I you know what this reminded me of? I think in twenty nineteen the other movie that was getting um. Kind of bundled up with this was the beach house. Was that right? I believe we watched that as part of a Probably film At the same time. But beach yeah. house, yeah, I think. And um, that movie was pretty good too. I feel. Oh, well, I didn't like that one. Oh, you didn't like it? No. That's a smaller, more independent horror film. Yeah, Where, because I, I, you know, I the Lovecraftian thing. That one feels more Lovecraftian. Yeah, this one feels more like an interesting sci-fi movie. Like there's the only But I like the Richard Stanley one. Well, the only reason you would think that this is Lovecraftian is because of a tentacle. That's it. Like there is kind of like the science meeting fiction element, which I love by the way. Because, you know, they she's out there at night studying on her computer, and the the true captain of the ship, which is the uh the matriarch, the wife of the captain which I think is a theme in most of these movies that women rule the ocean. I don't know if it's because they their bodies sync up with the moon, which controls the ocean or what's going on. That's because they get wet. <laughs> they did make that joke in the beginning of the dive. There's a <laughs> The women rule the sea and, you know, the world is mostly ruled by water. So just saying. So, yeah. um, there's a moment where she's like, come look at this. And, you know, our Velma character goes up and explains – why the ocean is lit up. She's like, oh, it's the bioluminescent plankton. They were gathering here because of the hemisphere. And wah, the, the wah. lady looks at her and goes, no, it's because, a uh, lady forlorn died and her tears light up the ocean. And it's this stark denial of like, I don't know, just science. Maybe it's very anti Fauci. This boat <laughs> and, uh, Fauci. and there she's talking about the, the lore of the ocean. And I mean, there's little things like fishermen don't swim. And they're like, why? She, like to her, she's like, if you work on a boat, why wouldn't you learn how to swim? And they're like, well, you're just prolonging death. Like you need to just drown because the ocean will take you. And it's like these there's these little moments of like poetry that pop in here that I just love. Um, again, it doesn't fully deliver on the monster. And I understand it. But this movie's worth it just to watch the tentacle kind of rot away at the wood. That moment alone is so fucking grotesque and interesting that, um, I don't know, if you haven't watched it, watch it. Um, what, what do you remember from your view? Did you like it, Clark? Uh, Soft like. This movie, it really felt like it should have been in a theater. Oh, yeah. also, I want to mention that every film here that deals with the ocean, fantastic Foley design. And I don't know what it is. Maybe because it's kind of like a barren landscape like, there's not a lot to film. I
0: See, that's how you hook Randy in. Yeah,
1: but I mean, <laughs> so the dive had the best music, but I think um, Sea Fever had the best, like, ambient noise. Like and it's the, got a good night. Yeah, and sea I, I like the font, too, where the A and the V kind of mirror each other. Yeah. And I don't know. Ah. Randy, you ever had the Sea Fever? And What was the
0: cure? <laughs>
2: Never had it. I'm not a big sea guy.
4: Oh, Stone weird. You
0: did? Oh, yeah, you are. You're a Honda Civic guy, dude. Oh, (laughs) my (laughs) God. (laughs) You
1: idiot. (laughs) Have have you ever been on a boat in the
2: ocean? Uh, Yeah, several times. Where were you going? Well, when I was a wee lad, I went on a Disney cruise. My man. Oh, my God. Who who was there, Frank Caliendo? (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. I don't remember, but I'm not a fan of cruises. I don't like being stuck, especially in the middle of the ocean. I know I you you're a off and you like Tom
1: fan. Go ahead, Randy.
2: Cruise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. huge Tom uh, yeah. Cruise fan. Mission Impossible, the new one was good. Going to watch the next one in like five years when it comes out. Oh,
1: God. I could wait. AI could make those. AI could pump a one new one of those out every week. And there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Just waiting for it. <laughs> All right. So uh, how many stars? I don't, you know, I haven't thought about any... I- Again, I did lose my phone to the ocean. The water took my uh, my little uh, ocean. <laughs> my, actually, you know the it story was, grows. It was funny. My my mom kept saying, "Don't worry, it's not salt water." I'm like, I don't know if that really matters. And she, I was like, "Isn't there a bunch of chlorine in like yeah. a public pool?" And she's like, no, no, it's just salt water that gets you. And I'm like, I know you're being optimistic. Like, that's the moment where it's like, no, no, those those are the tears of the lost lady lighting up the ocean. And where I was over here, high, hard science and a lab coat going, I think my phone's fucked. Anyway, I got a new phone. Not a new phone. It's a refurbished. It's not even refurbished. It came out of a drawer. And um, the only thing I've logged into is Letterboxd. So I, I should go on there and update these. Oxana, what would you give it?
3: Um, I think, I think three and a half for this one. I enjoyed it a lot, but the other one, the dive was just way
1: more, um. Okay. What are we doing? Don't compare the it. movies. I think you just didn't like it. Cause I kept talking about the girl's boobs. Yeah. You <laughs> got yeah, titted. You got they did?
3: Weirdly fixated on that. Um, no, I mean, I don't
1: know. Did, well, here's the thing. I thought they were going to lean into an angle where her and the, um, engineer, had hit it off in like a academic way. Randy. But the thing is, the engineer <laughs> was married. Randy. So I'm like, oh, is she going to be a siren? Oh. Ah, right. And there's a lot of that. In both movies, women were compelled to just die in the ocean. <laughs> and it felt from like a like otherworldly type thing. I believe that happens in The Midnight Swim, too. There's something about it. Oksana, have you ever wanted to die via ocean?
3: No. Sylvia so
1: Plath did
2: it, right? <laughs> Or is that a myth? Who the fuck is that? It sounds like
1: I'd have to be more educated to know that name.
2: Some sort of a writer, poet or something.
1: Okay. Well, the Virginia Woolf thing. Who's afraid? Yeah. Did she write that? I don't know. (laughs) I just think of- If you're a literary fan, you're cringing right now. (laughs) But I know in the beginning of The Boy, the grandparents did- There you go. You beat me to it. (laughs) Because
0: I only think about our boy Billy Brent. And, <laughs> and fill in your pockets full of rocks and walk it into the ocean. Can when of you look that up? What literary? That is how I'm going to go out. I'm going to fill no, your not. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get some of your beloved cargo <laughs> swimming trunks on, and I'm going to fill them up with rocks, and I'm going to go down to the Pacifica Taco <sighs> oh. Bell and just walk into that ocean until I can't walk anymore.
1: Maybe that's why they put pockets in the shorts. Fill them with rocks. That's right, and that's how they
0: sell
3: it. You can
1: fit 14
0: rocks in our pockets.
1: Dude, I'm tempted Mm -hmm. to make a Kill Tony reference, but I'm not going to do it. Thank you so (laughs) much. What?
3: Ingrid Jonker?
1: Oh, the famous Jonker. Ingrid! (laughs) (laughs) She did the Berenstain Bears, I think. Oh, yes. Randy, who's Ingrid Jonker? She killed Clint Howard. Okay, who are you talking about?
2: Uh, Sylvia Plath, I don't know, some other writer. She wrote The Bell Jar, and she died from carbon monoxide poisoning, so I was wrong.
1: Oh, okay. she, she went out, um, uh, what the fuck? Somar style. Yeah. Yeah. She did a Somar, not the boy. Damn. I definitely, if given a, a choice between boy. the two, I think you'd have to go the boy. Midsommar some bullshit. <laughs> I fucking hate that death. That's,
0: I'm telling you, Ari, Ari is back in my good graces because of Bo is Afraid. Oh. Midsommar ruined everything. Man, I can't really Bo is Afraid, I'm back
1: in, baby. I feel like I'm losing him more and more. Bo is Afraid I'm, is great. I'm eggs Because it was ice. a fucking mess. And everyone hated it. Oh. I love it. Oh, now I'm back in. See, I know.
0: That's what I'm saying. You should watch Bo is Afraid. People hated
1: Bo is Afraid.
0: Oh, yeah. It tanked terribly. Tank? Nautical.
1: <laughs> it Yes,
0: what that movie is is what that movie did. <laughs> oh, it's funny. At the box office.
1: I thought of a fish tank, not the movie tank, I which had a thought. lot of fish tanks. Fish also, tank, that was a film. nautical film. Fish tank good film. I love watching um young women drink beer. Oh, yes. That's a <laughs> fastbender, right?
0: Andrea I don't Arnold. think so.
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah, fastbender
1: in, in that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, in it. I thought you meant directed. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, no, no. He's don't he does not direct. He's a talent.
1: Um, uh, Michael Fett. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking no, of a. I understand. You know, yeah, I'm, yes, I, I yes, went yes. very randy. Well,
4: yes, yes. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, yes. We know, highbrow Russell. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I think I'm done. Um, again, if you watched a nautical film with a strong female lead, go ahead and hit me up. I'm very in the mood to talk about it. Unfortunately, um, Oksana did not want to talk about it. I'm very disappointed. Even <laughs> though she bought a like what looks like a sea slug that we've been paying playing with for a couple of days that now. That thing's great. It's <laughs> a little toy that she claims she bought for Cliff, but I think we're the only people playing <laughs> yeah, with it. <laughs> the three of us have played with it more than him. <laughs> I know.
0: I played with it for a solid 20 minutes nonstop.
1: Although yesterday. You know, did you? I just when I was watching the dive, uh that movie is very suspenseful, by the way. So have a fidget with you and which I was gripping that fucking slug the whole movie have a and- fidget with <laughs> I not <don't>, I wasn't <laughs> happy with that either um, parting note I took Cliff to the spirit shop for the first time ever it was a big moment for me big day um, Oksana should I tell your part of the story or not
3: no okay I figured
1: <laughs> she would want to opt out um, I, I was dying to buy him something Yeah. and this little boy could not give a fuck about anything in there um, he was a little overwhelmed because of an incident we won't mention that Oksana walked him into, but um,
3: it scared me too.
1: <laughs> also, was he upset?
3: Oh, he was, dude. He cried but- for like ten
1: minutes. Oksana cried for a little bit of time too. Poor so Here's the thing: uh, my mom was just like, "Do not take him by any animatronic; they all jump." We walked in, immediately took him to Leatherface, which he was, he loved Leatherface. Honestly, I didn't. I thought it was kind of a lazy animatronic. Yeah. Moved in. Oxana went into a little hut, uh, saw a clown, started laughing at her, and then jumped out. She screamed before he did. He just screamed longer.
3: I didn't hear the part that they all jumped. (laughs) What, did he scream
0: because you screamed?
3: No. No. He got scared. Okay. But also, all of the animatronics in that place are, like, way louder and way more effective this year, I feel like. Well,
1: that's because the batteries aren't dead yet. (laughs) And when you go in there later season, they're all on the verge of dying. That's That's So so they were all fresh. That's uh, good. Dude, that thing jumped. It sounded like a fucking piston. Like, it was, like, it fired. It was from Detroit? Definitely. That was a scary clown. Not the family type. And uh, we oh, wow. we ran around. Oh, also, I ran into our former producer, Nilo, there. So if you listen to the yeah. first 11 episodes of the show. No,
0: he did more than that. Did he? 11 was the one where shit went down. But he he hung around a few weeks after that.
1: Okay. Well, if you remember him, uh, I ran into him. And I was like, what are you doing here? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, okay. He's like, oh, you know, just here. And I'm like, that's uh, a very Nilo answer, dude. Yes. So then he started following me around and picking up anything like he was doing what i wanted my boy to do and have inter- be entertained with everything yeah he picked up a rainbow hat and put it on he was like look halloween costume and i was like all right nilo and he was like i'm like what what are you going to tell people you are he's like i don't know probably not gay <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like okay dude he was so happy and just i don't it was very nice but uh i love it on the way out thankfully cliff uh, Found something he liked, which was a pack of four rubber skeletons. I don't know why. This boy's obsessed with the undead, the skeletons. He loves them. Why do you think so? Why do you (laughs) think that is, Russell? Well, clearly it's hereditary. Because my mom said, she said, you were the same way. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, I remember one time your uncle took you out to buy something. He was like, I don't know what to tell you. The only thing your boy wants is skeletons. Well,
0: also... Everything in this house is surrounded with We're skeletons all over the place. You no, know, the house
1: is surrounded and by dead spiders. dead animals. <laughs> the house is populated by dead humans. And also that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very happy about that. And I just, I had to, I, t- I totally forgot I ran into Nilo there. Very weird. I tried to get him to come hang out and he was like, oh, I don't know. So I think he's still traumatized. All right. Well. Even with us
0: only having to record one episode a day and having a uh, (laughs) cutoff time of, like, around the normal time, we still hit that time. Hell yeah. Randy, what what is this one? Like,
2: are we at Rogan length? No. We're at, like, two. We had like, 25 minutes up top that we won't use. Oh, that's good. Tight. Easy peasy. Well, also, uh,
0: we won't have a Thursday episode for you this week, so we want to give you a little extra. Okay? look, give you a little extra to get you through the week. So, uh... We'll be back next week. Bigger, better, stronger,
1: more football. I mean, we could have got a Thursday. I just, uh, my phone went and I was feeling lazy. Yeah, it's fine. I know. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Jesus loves you. And mm-hmm. on one try, dude. Good job. That's it. Um, all right. Uh,
0: again, thank you, Rich, uh, for the gifts. That was uh, incredibly nice. Also, thank you, Jusani. Yes, incredibly nice Uh Anything else Before I throw it to Randy To throw it away
1: Um, I should tell you that my phone was down But Terrell did take a screenshot Of Discord where Randy was Calling me out for something And then uh, Terrell <laughs> went on a, uh, a Text attack Saying, I know you didn't peep this but Randy's Shady, <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> out there he, He's uh, He's the shady mean One of the podcast and I love it Sounds like, yeah. I don't like this. I don't like this unholy alliance of Randy and Terrell.
2: <laughs> Pretty sure we've also never talked to each other without <laughs> you being there in person as well. Good.
1: Good. We don't need that alliance. All
2: right, Randy.
0: Wish our listeners
1: well wishes.
2: Sure, yeah. I mean, we don't have a Thursday episode this week, but uh, if you want to listen to another episode that I get my dirty little hands on, you can listen to The <laughs> Vinyl Floor which also uh, releases on Tuesday. And uh, yeah, you could hear me and uh, buddy Christian, who's been on the show, talk about records and other things. You know, it's not just about music. We, uh, we got some, some banter and talk about billionaire blood boys or Jordan Peterson crying or, you know, whatever's going on (laughs) in the news. Oh boy. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater. Facebook at the Overlook Hour and Twitter at the Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at, overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell and Oxana again next time. Bye.